0: Également, c'est Lambert et Hamilton, on sait que ces deux, ces deux hommes forts, Hamilton est un très bon également, Brad Lambert également, les deux s'étudient, si on se regarde, du côté de Lambert, on, on le sait, hein, le premier coup de poing, c'est le coup de poing le plus important, voilà, il a touché la cible, Hamilton est débordé, et Lambert qui donne
1: quelques coups et Hamilton en l'autre point. Oh, Marius, <laughs> Marius, <laughs> go and go! Oh, going Oh, the Russians <laughs> are so vulgar, And just saw that he the first. It's terrible. i a champion Russian, and I've never
0: Thank you for tuning in to episode 19 of the 5 for Fighting podcast. My name is Alec, your host, and this is the show where we focus on the players who dropped the gloves and the fans who enjoyed watching them do it. And today is a special day, the uh, the second part for the LNH special. So we got part two coming at you. And today's guest is none other than John Searson all the way out in the UK, Jason Renard, who was actually the player's, uh, excuse me... <clears throat> The podcast very first player guest we ever had. I apologize, I'm kind of half in the fucking bag at this point. Uh, went out to dinner for Valentine's Day with the uh, the fiance's family and a lot of sake and fucking beers going on during sushi. Um, so <laughs> this intro is getting out a little late and probably a little sloppy at this point. But fuck it, we're getting it done. And then, of course, last but not least, Brad One Punch Lambert, as I mentioned in part one. So. A lot of a uh, lot of content for you guys today. I thought, fuck, if I had to take a wild guess, I think that's this episode's probably going to run almost probably maybe three and a half hours at this point. Maybe with my, uh, I can't remember how long the Searson interview was. Sorry, John, I can't remember. Well, that and then we tried to we tried to record last weekend, and that was just an absolute shit show. And of course, we had that that outlaw fucking show fourth line voice tune in and interrupt our shit. That didn't help at all. Now he's out there getting wasted out in Vegas. So. Um. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, uh had a lot of fun doing part 1 and great reception on that. It was nice being able to hear people from uh from actually up there in Quebec message me and say, you know, hey, you know, good job or I really enjoyed the episode and um so that was pretty cool cuz it's you know, I'm I'm kind of an outsider looking in with the LNH. You know, I never got to attend a game and I never got to actually see it live. I've only kind of heard of it from from guys and seen all the YouTube clips. So uh, you know, say I did a good job on it. It means a lot to me. So um, I appreciate all the kind words and uh, all the good receptions we've had on it. Everybody loved to see, uh, seemed to love Curtis Swanson's interview as well and uh, got a kick out of some of the some of the stories he told. So if you're if you're just tuning into the show for the first time, definitely go check out all the previous episodes. Um, not just part one of the LNA special start from start from the beginning. Well, maybe not the introduction episode. You could probably go without that one. But uh, no, start from the fourth line. Uh, fuck. Well, <laughs> maybe start after the fourth line voice episode because that was also a shit show. <laughs> Real professional podcast I'm running here. But um, no, I've, I've got guests on such as like, you know, Jeremy Yablonski, Peter Zerba, uh, Ken Tasker, guys like that. And many more Frank by Lois. Um, the, the list goes on. So I've had a lot of great guests on here and um so definitely go check those out and again uh, if you're just a student also check out part one of this LNH special that featured uh you know like i said before fourth line voice and curtis swanson uh swanny was a bad dude took on a lot of guys um in a short amount of time had over 200 fights in like a four and a half year span in the lnh you know the mythical quebec league so uh, a lot of fights and a lot of guys covered um and that was uh, that was awesome. Sorry again, fucking Jesus Christ! I'm half in the bag here. I'm kind of, I almost got caught in my mouth at this point from drinking so much as I as guzzle of fucking Corona here. Give me a sec. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, but no, like I said, yeah, it's been it's been great uh, with the reception we've gotten and everything like that. So you know, I can't think I can't think the players enough for coming onto the show, and that's all players, of course, that I've had on here. It's at the end of the day, I'm still a fan of of the boys, and so that's that's all it says, is. Just kind of giving them a platform. And that's what me and me and Darren like to do. So, and of course, William over at the Biscuit and might as well might as well get the podcast plugs in here since I'm going on. But uh, so yeah, Darren over there at Fourth Line Voice, the original Enforcer podcast, definitely go check his show out. He just had an episode with Tristan Grant, and he's got great guys on there. He's got uh, like I mentioned before, Tristan Grant. He's got John Morasti. Uh, Josh Mazur, fucking Dean Mayrant, another LNH cat for those listening. And uh, if you want to even keep diving a little bit further, go back to Dan Kopech, and the list goes on with him. Ah, uh, fuck, he's, what's he up to now? Probably 40-something episodes? Um, yeah, Darren's been killing it, man. It's been awesome. He's even got an episode with uh, Steve McIntyre, so definitely go check him out. And, of course, uh, the other Sancho Panzo over there, William at the Biscuit, he's got some awesome interviews with enforcers such as George Laroque, Darren McCarty and uh guys like that so definitely go check out william and if you want to get some up-to-date kind of hockey talk uh you know it's i kind of keep up with the game through podcast i don't watch it anymore so it's it's my way of kind of keeping up with everything excuse me um it's uh get the gate podcast the boys over there do a really good job and of course dan paul and kelly over at the obey the puck show definitely go check them out so those are your up-to-date podcast and also, fresh on the scene, but also at the same time, dude is coming out with some awesome content. Uh, another another Enforcer podcast, but team-specific and farm team-specific, is uh, Joe Lizzito over at the uh, Coliseum Chronicles. He, uh, those out there, you might wonder what the fuck you talking about. Uh, he's kind of a newer podcast he just started, but Joe is an awesome guy. He's definitely, uh, definitely knowledgeable on everything that he talks about, and he's had some awesome episodes with... Uh, uh excuse me dean ewan and mike mcwilliam and then mick he just recently had mick fukoda on and fuck what are we up to four parts with that i can't even remember right now i think he's almost up to four part four part series and here i am thinking an lnh special with two parts is a lot he's got four parts over there three or four parts with mick fukoda and uh you know i'm a big fan of fukoda too lightning alumni he only played with them for i think a year a year or two but um no joe does an awesome job really in depth and Joe definitely knows what he's talking about. He had some, ooh, Jesus Christ, for fuck's sake, this is a shit show <laughs> for an intro. But, anyways, uh, Joe had some writing, or uh, excuse me, contrib- contributions. Jesus Christ, fucking big boy words here, using my grade eleven words that Ricky doesn't know. Uh, some contributions over there to the uh, to the tough guy magazines and. Uh, I'm a little too young to even know what that is. Why well, I, I, I I know what it is, obviously, but to kind of remember it, growing up or anything like that. So that was way back when. So uh, definitely go check out Coliseum Chronicles, um, the Penalty Box, I believe is what it's called. Uh, just look up, Con- or, excuse me, Coliseum Chronicles, and you'll be able to find them. Uh, Joe does an awesome job over there, so definitely go check him out. And uh, you know, I apologize for the delay. I said I was going to release this today, which it's still technically Friday, uh, but. Like I said before, this week—or excuse me, not this week, this month. Well, this week has been busy. Fuck. But this whole month is, like, the busiest month I have out of the year as far as the fiancé's family goes. Uh, a lot of birthdays, anniversaries. Well, today's Valentine's Day, and we don't even really celebrate it because we just have so much going on. Me and the fiancé, we have both of our anniversaries. You know, the, the, when we started dating and then when we got engaged, or are both this month, and then her birthday is this month, and she has a twin, so it's his birthday— and then we got our nephew's birthday so the list just goes on this month so I've been all over the place I've been trying to trying to record luckily I was able to record all the LNH special stuff kind of before this month so that made it a little bit easier but I've been trying to record kind of prior to this because I knew it was going to be busy to kind of get some guests on and I've got some guys lined up but at the same time I don't want to I feel bad because I've I've kind of put everything a little bit on hold um, just for this month because it's like I said it's so hectic so I don't want to I hate being the guy to set up a time and say, "Yeah, I'll be there, bro." And then, um, next thing you know, oh, hey, sorry, I gotta do this. I feel like that's bush league on my part. I'm the host of the show. Uh, I should, you know, stay true to my word. If I give you my word of when I'm gonna fucking, you know, record, it should be should be how it goes. So, I don't like doing that, and so I kind of put everything on hold just a little bit. You know, just hold, that, bear with me here. Uh, the next episode will probably be out in about two weeks i um, trying to record John, get a solo episode with John. Of course, you'll hear his interview here with the LNA special, but trying to get the solo episode out with just him. And we're we're pretty much just going to bullshit. I mean, fuck that we our Internet. You know, I thought it was his, but I think it might be ours. Our Internet has been sucking lately. Um, so I don't know if it's my end or his end, but we tried to record. For, oh, my God. We were probably on a fucking Skype call for about five hours trying to record. And, well, then, of course, like I said, that bastard over at Fourth Line Voice, that fucking, (laughs) that fucking heathen just comes in and interrupts our damn show, so, Um, no, of course, all in good fun. But, yeah, we just couldn't figure it out, you know, he was cutting in and out, or I was cutting in and out, so it was just like... Kind of a lost cause at that point. It got to the point where even even at the very last try, I was like half asking the interview because I'd already asked the same question so many times, and John was so tired of answering the same fucking questions. So we kind of just uh, kind of just pulled the plug on that one and said, "Fuck it, we'll do it again uh, some other time." So that's uh, that's how it's going to be, I guess. But anyways, we're running on about nine and a half minutes here. I, I try to keep these under ten minutes, and I say that every fucking time, as I. Continue to probably go over 10 minutes just a little bit. But, uh, of course, before I go, i got to give the plugins ins here uh, for the show. So, if you want to get any hockey fight content, well, for one, go definitely check out whenprobertwasking.com. He can give you hockey fight content. He just did a top, what fuck was it, top 25 fighters of all time in the NHL. Huge article on it. Definitely go check that out. It is phenomenal. He's got videos and everything to go along with it, but... Uh, you know, when Probert was king also has an awesome YouTube page. You can go look at, and that's where I get a lot of my fights. And then of course you got PJ stock 20 and, uh, I don't know how to say it. Sloven heaven. Those are probably the main three. I get any hockey fight videos from, um, and you might be wondering, why would I be getting hockey fight videos? And it's all for the best enforcers and hockey fights group that I started. Uh, and well, man, it was probably may of last year, I think. And we actually just hit 8,000 members. And that is absolutely phenomenal. I cannot even believe how fast it has grown, and to even th- just all, all the cool cool things that have happened in it because we have so many former players in there, and the li- the list can go on. We just got Scarp or Scart, excuse me. We just got Scott Parker in there, uh, the sheriff, former Avalanche enforcer and Sharks enforcer. Uh, we got John Morassi, Dean Mayrand, Max Mendorf, Todd St. Louis. Kevin Kaminsky, Mick Foucault, the list goes on. Um, so, I mean, that's just scratching the surface on how many former players we got in there. Not only that, the fans are also pretty good. Um, anybody who kind of brings up some nonsense or kind of shits on the boys, they're booted right away. So, don't even, you know, it's just, if you see it, just report the comment and it gets taken care of right then and there. Um, I see everybody who gets approved and I see everything that's, uh, that gets reported. And it's all handled accordingly, of course. And I make it sound like it's like, you know, a fucking cult kind of. But <laughs> um, no, so definitely go check that out. And again, it's Best Enforcers and Hockey Fights group on Facebook. It's a very unique group. It's like well, we, we like I said, we keep it very, I guess, strict but relaxed. Like, you know, anything enforcer and fight related is perfect. But as soon as you start shitting on the boys or posting and shit that's kind of not related to that, you know, fuck you, you're gone. <laughs> that's kind of how it goes, I guess. Um but no, it's been awesome, and I, yeah, like I said, I can't believe we're even, we even have eight thousand members. It's unreal to even think of. Um, and of course, while you're at it on Facebook, go check out the Facebook page, and it's literally just Five for Fighting podcast. You'll see it. Um, it's the same podcast art as the, the, the. I guess what would be the profile picture on iTunes or Spotify, whatever, um, and you'll see it then, and you'll know you'll know exactly what it is. Um, so I update everything there as well as, uh, I'll make a couple, a couple posts here and there on it that are kind of out of the realm of Twitter. Uh, anything that I kind of, you know, want to get my opinion or, uh, voice across that I can't do in the allotted characters there on Twitter, I'll post there on Facebook. And then of course, speaking of Twitter, it's going to be five for fighting pod, but the five is just the number five. So it's like the number five and then four fighting pod simple as that. And then Instagram uh, same thing, posting everything. It's simply just 5 for Fighting Pod spelled out, all one word, and you'll be able to find it. Again, same podcast art as what you see on iTunes and Spotify. Um, and last but not least, if you could please rate and review the show, uh, that would help me out a lot from what Darren has told me when I very first started doing this podcast. I said make sure I get some ratings and reviews in, and it really helps kind of the show, uh, I guess, pop up when it comes to looking up hockey podcasts or anything like that. So, uh, you know, if you could please give it a give me a five star review, give me a one star review. I've gotten both of them at this point. So (laughs) whatever you're feeling, just, I guess, drop it down there. So anyways, like I said, running along, I like to keep this under 10 minutes. And here I am running at 13 and a half. So anyways, without further ado, we're finally here. Part two of the LNH special featuring John Searson, Brad Lambert and Jason Renard. Hope you guys enjoy. Have a good one and happy Valentine's Day. Bye y'all.
1: This should be good. This should be very
0: good. All right, and here we go. The next fan on the fire for Fighting podcast. He's already he's got he's got three beers left total. I'm about a few uh a few liquor drinks deep here. But uh none other than my friend across the pond, John Searson. John, how you doing today, man?
2: I'm fine, thank you. How are you?
0: Oh, fucking fantastic. Well, we've been going on for about, let's see here, we eh, probably about 20 minutes. Now, or Well, no, fuck, longer than 20 minutes. Probably about an hour and a half, give or take, eh? Yeah, yeah, I
2: was, I was going to say, I, I had enough beers, but we've, uh, we've already been talking for 90 minutes before we started. So. Yeah,
0: I've poured, I've poured myself like two fucking drinks while we're doing this <laughs> shit. But nonetheless, here we go. Nothing but LNA's talk, baby. The fucking, the league of its own, it's, it was in a world of its own. So here we go, fucking talking about it, man. Um. You yourself you have a lot of experience with the league but when did you uh when did you kind of first hear about the league when did you did you hear about it at all when it was the uh the QSPHL
2: Yeah uh going back to probably 2000s 2000, 2001 season I just uh I just stumbled across a website called com, and um they had like they just had fight clips you could download and mm-hmm. uh, I, I I I downloaded one I watched it and uh c I'd love to remember who it was, but there was like a ninety second square off. And then they came together. It was it, it wasn't a great fight, but I just just the ninety second square off, I was amazed and I was like, What the what is this leap? Right, like 92nd
0: 90, uh, 90 square off, like fifteen second fight, right? Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: yeah. And I was like, This is this is great. And then uh carried on scrolling through the site, had a bunch of clips up. And then uh, started seeing seeing names on there like like Link Gates and stuff like that and Patrick Cosi and um, it was it was guys I heard of and just just looking that they're in, they're playing old dark barns and just some wild shit going on it was uh but yeah I was fascinated from the second I saw that
0: absolutely man well it's funny because like you said I I'm twenty three so I'm fairly new to everything as far as, like, the older enforcers go. Um, yeah. But when it comes to LNH, I had seen some some clips previously when I was growing up as, like, a teenager looking up, to you know, random hockey fights on YouTube. And, yeah. you know, I see, like, LNAH, blah, 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 whatever the case may be, whether it be Morasti versus Boss A or whatever. And I'm just looking, I'm like, Jesus Christ, like, what fucking league is this? Because every other clip, it was, like, this crazy square off, and then the, just this, this fucking insane fight. So for me the it was really interesting and of course we have Darren from the Fourth Line voice who um who's kind of taught me about the league a lot but just the the league itself was in like a world of its own were you drawn to it at all as far as being yeah. a, like a fight first hockey second kind of league
2: yeah 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 just loved it and from the second when I when I saw that I, like I said before I was just drawn to it and um but even back then, though, I mean, the league gets shit on a lot now and, uh, and stuff. But even back then, in the prime, you still had a lot of fight fans who wasn't really a fan of it. And it was like, it's it's a circus, it's a circus. It was a circus. Um, oh, it was,
0: absolutely. But it knew what it was.
2: Yeah. But but the names you had, the teams are stacked. and it, Oh, fuck, it's yeah. Like, it's like I love the game of hockey. Um, but let's be honest, I, I don't give a shit about Johnny Goldscore. I do that. <laughs> I want to see it. So, so I've, I've I've stumbled across this league where every right. team carry, carries five heavyweights. That's uh, yeah, I'm sold. I'm uh, sold.
0: Right and when you um, get when you get a team like Laval and then fucking Sorel and Verdun, shit like that back in the day, and then you look and you look at the roster and it's got fucking five deep every fucking every game you're like well yeah. holy shit some shit's about to happen <laughs> and when Definitely,
2: you, knew, you knew every. i mean it's like on the old um, message boards i mean when i first stumbled across that uh com, the whole the whole website was in french so i, right. I didn't speak a word of french so i was looking down didn't understand any word but then i'd see Lingates gates or steve tardy for something like that and it's like yeah I'll, I'll download this clip and see what happens but um but after that, I was on um, just on eBay, and I found a uh, VHS tape, and it was—you uh, must have seen the documentary, The Chiefs.
0: Of course, Les Chiefs.
2: Yeah, yeah. But it was before that was out, and it was called The Road to the Cup. And uh, like, I apologize now. I'm uh, I'm from England. I'm going to butcher these French names and the French teams. <laughs> So I say it was called the Road to the Cup. It wasn't called that, but in English, it was it probably like Road to, to yeah.
0: like Les Coupe or like Le yeah. Coupe, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Something, uh, but basically, it was, it was, it was just that documentary. But a couple of bits was different. So right. that I was watching that, I was thinking, yeah, I love this. I'm, I'm sold. I am sold. Absolutely,
0: you know? fucking amen. I've, you know, funny enough. I had a long day at work the other day. Um, probably about yeah, it was probably about two, three weeks ago. And I watched that documentary while I was at work because you know my job as a project manager, I kind of oversee everything. And that was kind of a slower day. Totally watched the entire fucking documentary again, just just to fucking watch it because I love it so much. We, you know, uh, Mike Bajerni was on the team, and it was Bajerni's brother that was a producer for the fucking the entire yeah. thing. And you know, it's funny even that um. I don't know, if you have you ever seen the Vice Sports? Um It was like LNAH, the toughest league in North America.
2: Yeah, it was when it followed LeVar when there was the Predators. Is that the one I'm thinking of? The yes, level? that's but the exact was, uh, one. The Lee the Brothers. They were things on the team,
0: there, wasn't it? Yep, and it's funny because, you know, even back then, it was still like the toughest league in North America. Yep. But the way the league was at that time, that was a mere shadow. Of what it was compared to the that oh. that like oh that like O oh, two to, to like twenty ten era, yeah
2: yeah oh no nothing's nothing's gonna compare to that at all. Uh But it was it wasn't just nobody's there. You, there was huge names going to that. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, they was getting paid well, so that's why they was drawing them.
0: And how they got yeah, paid? Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's <laughs> that's for maybe people who are involved in the league how they got paid. But other than that, yeah, you're right. They get they didn't get paid well, and that's that's why some people out there they may think, oh, what a dummy he's going to the LNH, he's going to the Goon League. Well, fuck no. Okay, this guy was in the Coast making this amount. Well, when he yeah. goes to LNH, he's making double that. Like fuck yeah, he's gonna abide by the show and whatever the case may be, and he's gonna yeah. make this amount. And you go, yeah, fuck yeah, he's gonna do it.
2: Well, yeah, we used to get it here. It's like um Don Wood and Jason Clark—they both uh, they both left left the Panthers and they they both signed in Verdon. Mm-hmm. And uh, you had some of these fucking morons over here on on the forums and stuff, and they're, they're saying, "Oh, well, he he's got no ambition for his career. Why is he going to this league? Because uh, they're paying fucking five times more than what they're paying." Fuck year. yeah. So
0: it's just how it is, man. It's just money talks and it's and a lot of people will call it the cte league or whatever well these guys knew what the fuck they were getting into yeah. going to the lnh obviously seeing everything now maybe if it was like 99 going into the qsphl and these guys get signed it's a little bit different because you're like what the fuck is this going on but at the point it was the LNAH. that's when everything kind of um the league started gaining that reputation a bit eh and
2: well well yeah 0405 was when it um when they changed the name to the NH. Yep. But that was all because, uh, I mean, um up until 2003, it was the QSBHL, which was the Quebec right. Semi-Pro League. And then um they changed the name in 03 or 04, the, the QSMHL, or something, which I think, if I remember right, it's like the Quebec Senior Major Hockey League or something. It, la- uh, it didn't
0: last long. It was like another the- year and a half, two years that that, that that name uh lasted because i know what you're talking about because i've seen all like guys hockey db or whatever
2: yeah because but, uh, but until i405 it was classed as semi-pro but uh it had to that's what they changed your name because they have to go fully pro because there was being investigated and stuff like just because of all the, <laughs> all, the, all, the all the envelopes lying around
0: them. right now okay. you yourself though man here here's one thing about john that people might not know you happened to take a trip over to montreal or excuse me i should say quebec and you happen to catch a couple games over there, eh? What did you, uh, yeah. what kind of games yeah, did you twice. catch?
2: Yeah, I did, I did t- twice. I went over in 0405 and I went over in 0506. Um,
0: what was and, that like?
2: Oh, uh, it, it was insane. It was insane. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm a sucker for your old shithole rink. So, oh, I, fuck I, yeah, I don't, I don't like these big arenas. Give, give me a dirty, old <laughs> ice rink with wooden benches, low lighting. Um, that's my thing, but uh, but yeah, but saying that, I am, I am the unluckiest guy in the world going to see that league, I mean, uh, the first time I went over in 0405, I went to see Verdon, I saw them play Sorel, uh, and that game was at the Bell Centre, so that was pretty cool, and right. then I saw them play Tepper Mines at the Verdon Auditorium, uh, but saying I was unlucky, it was the weekend before I was flying out. They had a bench clearance against Saint George, so everybody <laughs> was suspended. Um,
0: was that was it? Was that one that was the uh, like the Saint George Express? Is that what it was called then? Uh,
2: no, it was uh, like I said, I'm i going to butcher these names, but it was like Garage Garage or something. Oh like right, same. right, so right. Okay. They had okay. the knight. The logo was the, was the knight with the sword.
0: Yep, I got you.
2: That, that was that year. Um, so yeah, so pretty much everybody was suspended. I, I did see a tilt. When I was at the when I went to the game at the Bell Centre, I saw Steve Bazi fight Brad Lambert. But uh, but yeah, over those two games, I saw one fight. But um, I wouldn't change it because I got to meet Link Gates after the after the Tetra Mines game. Oh fucking it. It. how
0: did that, that go? That, that,
2: that's the famous uh, Link Gates goes and gets a hot dog game.
0: So, <laughs> so he was with the, was he with a Fred at the time?
2: Yes, yes. Yeah.
0: So explain to every for those who who might not know out there. Um so the story goes that Link Gates was he wasn't happy with the coach. Yeah, and, well, and
2: yeah he, sorry, carry
0: on. Oh, oh no, I was just say he said fuck it during like halfway through the game and just went and got a hot dog at the fucking yeah, concession stand. At the end of
2: the second period. Yep. He um he was dressed. Uh he didn't he didn't get a shift in the first or second period. So at the end of the second he just uh he just took his gear off and uh, went and got a hot dog <laughs> from, from the concession stand. But, uh, but, like, but like I say in that league, this is uh, the fans wanted the fights.
0: Oh fuck yeah! I they mean, knew what they were I there mean, for.
2: T- Tepford Mines was the road team, and um, they put they put Blassie on the ice. Verdon put bossy on the ice, so uh, everybody's excited. Everybody's excited, and then you've got the Verdon fans just chanting Gates, 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 Gates. Whenever will you hear home fans cheering an opposition player's name? That's <laughs> that's what they wanted. They wanted yeah, Gates. You
0: know there. what they want. You know what they were there for. Yeah.
2: But but say they didn't see a fight that game uh, in warmups. Link Gates was trying to uh, was trying to get Corey Lanny up to fight in warmups. That was pretty funny.
0: <laughs> Fucking a man. Well, you actually you you yourself you have a picture with Link Gates, do you not?
2: Yes. Yeah, I do. I do. I do. I've got I've got two. Uh, and that's that's kind of funny as well because. As yeah, I was um, about to say,
0: tell us about the second one because I know you told me the story, you know, off the record. But you know, here we go; it's on the record now. So tell us about the second one.
2: Because whenever, whenever you see a photo of Link, he, he's he's always got the uh, the, the mean stare. Right. And, um, it was. Um, I, I used to speak to a guy called like Robert LeBlanc who who worked for some of the teams. So yep. when I went over, he'd, he'd sort tickets out and things like that. And um, it was after the game at the auditorium, he was like, Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll introduce you to the guys. So, so he took me down, and um, so I met like, a, like I said, I'm going to butcher his names, but how? Michael How? Fuck it's if I six, know. Seven, uh, yeah, there was him. There was uh, Jason Clark. But I'd met Clark before because he played in Nottingham. And then, um, so I met all the sub guys. Bossy, met Bossy that night. Yep. And uh, and then I saw Link on the other side of the rink. And uh, I said to uh, Roland Blank, I said, "Oh, is that Link over there? I said, Can I go get a picture of him?" And he, and he says, "Oh, well, I, I don't know him." But Jason Clark was like, "Oh, I played with him before. He's my buddy. I'll take you. Out. I'll take you over. I'll take you over." So um, so yeah. So Jason Clark took me over and took the picture. And uh, it was kind of funny because it was like the early days of digital cameras. So, right, not, yeah, you, you're not looking through through the viewfinder. You're just you you're looking on a little screen on the back of the camera. And uh, so I stood back with Link to have the photo. And Jason clark has got the camera in front of him. And Link just said, then he went, he's not even looking through that fucking lens. That was, that was the first <laughs> and then, yeah, he took that photo. And then Link went, oh, let's take another one. Have another one with me smiling. So. So yeah, that was a that's the story there. But yeah. I, I whenever I share the phone, I always share the one with his mean face. So I, I prefer the mean face to
0: the smile. Right? Yeah. Before before you get Link smiling there, eh? Because it's the fucking rare one. But uh, you happen to you happen to meet a couple other players while you're over there, because you had the uh you had the little inside access or the hookup. Who uh who else did you meet over there?
2: Uh, the year after when I went to Laval, um. Yeah, I got to meet uh, Patrick Kirtay, Leo, uh, Leo Delorme, Marc-Andre Waugh, and Curtis Swanson.
0: Ugh, what a fucking, what a list of guys that is. And for those out there, if you don't know who those guys are, fucking do yourself a favor and YouTube them right after this and fucking look them up and look at their LNH fights because they're fucking ridiculous.
2: <laughs> Curtis Swanson, modern day hockey would be so much better if more kids wanted to be like Curtis Swanson.
0: Oh, fuck yeah. Well, I always laugh too because every time we'd go around he'd always have like that big cowboy hat on and a big lip of chewing or whatever the case may be in fucking yeah. <laughs> like complete oddball compared to everybody, but he would always he would always show up in that fucking fashion.
2: Well where when I saw Swanny play, he came out for warm ups and he he didn't even warm up. He sat on the bench. He wait well, he sat on the boards next to the door and just um just glove tapped the other guys when they came off. He, he didn't even warm up. All he wanted
0: to do was fight. <laughs> well, fuck, he knew what he was there for. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's how the league was, eh? Um, I love Swanny. <laughs> well, now as for uh, excuse me, as far as your um your interpretation of the league, I guess some people out there don't like that whole fight first and hockey second. Like the hockey purist out there just can't can't absolutely can't stand the LNH. But how did you feel about it?
2: Yeah. It was a show. The league was a show, and that. Uh, but what, pe- what people need to get their head around and what they don't, and you always. I've had it today. I'm I, on the UK Argue forum. I posted a link yesterday to uh, one of the LNH games that was on uh, on um, LNH TV last night, which was right. Fun. So just give a link so everyone who wants a fix, and uh, all you get back is, oh, it's, it's a it's a joke. It's a joke, but. Especially back then, the standard of the league was was phenomenal. It's like, yeah, you had your fourth line, you had your fourth line, which was was your heavyweights. Right. When the fourth line had come out, you was you was getting the share. Your third line was always guys who could play, but they was physical too. They were scrappy guys. Yeah, but your first and second line, they they was very. Good caliber of players When When the shit was out of the way You got a fucking good hockey game in that league Absolutely Insane Insane I mean you, I, I saw you put on Twitter the other day That you had the um, The game tape from Tevin Minds and Laval Yep And if you watch that game tape that, that hockey's That hockey that It was good hockey Great
0: It was It could have been equivalent with the ECHL or Easy uh, Maybe like Easy. the IHL if I had to put it into something, like I wouldn't yeah. say it's quite to the AHL caliber, but IHL ECHL, hundred percent.
2: I mean, I used to always say the IHL and the AHL was on par. It was just the veteran rule that uh, it changed them. But yeah, right. if you, you take take a take a team, take uh, take the 0405 Quebec Radio X team, they 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 will beat high end ECHL teams, and they they would give they, they would give a game to. Uh, to the lower AHL teams.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, not only would they, would they, they beat them on the scoreboard, they'd whoop their fucking ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> On the fucking score sheet.
2: <laughs> and do you know what? Those games would have been entertaining because the AHL, before they brought that fucking 10-fight rule, it was, uh... All those teams were stacked, too. So, yeah, you get a good game out.
0: Absolutely. Fucking A. Well, another player you got to meet over there was, uh... None other than the UFC kind of, uh... Phenom. But, uh... Old uh, Steve Bossé. What was it like meeting Steve?
2: It was cool. It was cool. It was. It, it's. Um, I. Lo- I love the fact I got to have a photo with Bossé, but uh, the language barrier. I do. Right,
0: of course. Was, yeah, because he's a so. big French yeah, and didn't guy. Yeah I speak any
2: French? Yeah. But, um, but what was cool? Because I kind. I, I always look at it. I kind. I. I would say that game in the Bell Center. I saw the turning point in Bossé's career. I mean. Um, it was 0 when I was there uh bossy played in Verdon oh three oh four, 4 and he was kind of like he was probably your number four guy on the team yep where um he, he, he was just your local because back then uh, every team they, they had like a couple of locals who were who were tough as fuck they, they were no slouches they would they would hold their own against anybody right. but yeah he wasn't looked at as that number one guy and then um yeah, that game at the Bell Centre, he fought Brad Lambert and um, he he would Brad Lambert. Yes, he did. And uh, Brad Lambert was tearing the league apart that season. I mean, yep. uh, it was uh, early doors. It's like no, nobody had heard of Brad Lambert before. He was twenty-one, came in, same twenty-one. He looked about fucking thirty-five. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> right. But yeah, he came in and uh, he had a fight with uh, Mario Mario Reberge. and uh, yeah, he, yeah, he beat Ribeiro and. Uh, so yeah, but yeah, he was turning the league to pieces and then um Bosse dropped him that night and that was that was the turning point for Bosse. People people saw him was like, yeah, he's the real deal.
0: You know, me and Darren talked about this, and I think when he was in Verdun, he was kinda of trying to get his feet under him a little bit. Yeah. And once he got to the Chiefs, that was when he really became a force in the league. Yes. Um and he kind of started rolling through the fucking league. Even, even Morastius, you know those out there. If you haven't ever seen Boss and Morastius fights, um, quit living under a rock and look those up. <laughs> yeah, for they're, real. They're, yeah, they're, yeah, they're
2: probably the most brutal hockey fight. They're, they are probably the most brutal series of hockey fights
0: I've. Absolutely, just um,
2: vicious, vicious.
0: As far as the future of the league goes, and I said this with Darren and. You know, it might be true, it might be not, but I personally don't see the LNH lasting for more than five years from now. Would you say that's an accurate assumption?
2: Um, it's a good question. No, I, no, I, I, I think it will, but it, it will yeah. just be. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's it's not how it used to be, but they they're, they're still getting they're still getting a good caliber of player there. Right. Um, Nothing like it used to be. Don't get me wrong, but I think it'll. Uh, I think it'll just keep ticking over. It will always have that name. But uh, I mean, when was it? It was like uh, around oh eight oh nine. They brought the import rule in, so yep. you could only have two players like a team that's from outside Quebec. And and um, yep. oh yeah, the, when 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 they was investigated for money laundering, the, the government came down hard. That changed everything for the really, really.
0: Right, and then you know you have the import rule and not only excuse me um the import rule will affect it but when you have the way the way hockey has gone in general to where you don't have that that pipeline feeding enforcers because it's you know when enforcers couldn't find jobs in the nhl echl whatever the case may be whatever league they would go to the lnh um so yeah. whenever that whenever that kind of came about in the that that pipeline, like I said, is cut off.
2: Well, yeah, we're, we're only a couple of years away from having no more enforcers. Oh, because they just, they, they just don't coach that anymore. Well, it's, it's, it's
0: borderline. It's it, fuck. We're already here at this point, honestly. Yeah. Besides I mean, what, a couple, what, what, a couple got, local boys out there in the, uh, the Quebec league. We have Sean McMorrow, but he was, he was before the pipeline got cut off and same with Danny Lessard. And then I mean, he got LaCroix well, for, he's been around
2: forever. So is yep. I mean, Oh Derek yeah. Lessard was, was, was playing in that league in 98
0: oh fuck yeah he was there. Lassard was there when it was fucking the uh, QSPHL he got shot three times and said fuck it I'm gonna come back to get my three fights fucking here's the LNH enlist <laughs> <and> today <laughs> yeah.
2: but that, but that's the problem I mean it's like you still get people now saying like the game the game's gonna go full circle and it's gonna come back
0: no it, it's, it's not it's not
2: gonna come back it's not it's, not. it's done it's, it's done um I, I mean um Everybody slates Batman and stuff. I, I always said David Branch is the fucking most dangerous man in hockey because yep. he brought all that bullshit into the OHL. I mean, what is the OHL now? It's like a three-fight rule or something,
0: isn't it? It's some stupid shit. The, the, the WHL is the last one without any fight limit. Fuck, yeah. even the ECHL. Yeah. The East Coast Hockey League has a fight limit now. Like yeah, fuck it's, it's getting ha- ridiculous. And I always argue
2: the ECHL was the last real league out there. Yep. That was fucking entertaining. Until now. until show- Until this year. It's like, um, I was in Philly two years ago, and uh, we had a car, so we, uh, we drove down to Lehigh Valley and watched a Phantoms game, and that was after the 10-fight rule came into the AHL. And uh, I'd, I'd, I'd seen a- AHL games in Philly before, when uh, when the Phantoms played the Spectrum, and the AHL was fucking awesome.
0: Oh, yeah. But,
2: the, but then when at Lehigh Valley, it was like, it's a completely different game. That 10-fight rule, it, it changes everything. It does. Sounds like a minor, but it changes everything.
0: Because the the guys that do fight, they don't want to be a liability to the team. They want to show yeah. they're still valuable. So it's just how it is.
2: Yeah. And this is what I'm saying now. Like, uh, I mean, like the the QMJHL, they've had a six fight rule for God knows how long now. Yeah, years now. Yeah, and uh, the OHL, they've got. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure it's a three fight rule. Somewhere I think I think it's there.
0: something like that. Yeah, and then the uh, the dub. The WHL is the yeah, only yeah, one that the dub, doesn't...
2: the dub doesn't have it. No. But at the same time, when you... All these other leagues, when these other leagues have these rules, the, the kids are growing up and they're, watch, they're watching the NHL and there isn't a roster spot for these guys. Nope. No kid's going to do it. Exactly. Why, 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 why would you? So there, so you're gone. That, that, that role's gone.
0: Exactly. It's just... It's, it's gone the way of the dinosaur, and some people out there, the New Age fans, will think that's fucking phenomenal. And us old school fans, they'll will always think it's fucking ridiculous and think it's stupid. And then when they have players in the future in the NHL running around acting like fucking jackasses, and, oh, why does so-and-so get to run around doing this? Well, you're the one who wanted fucking fighting out. Yeah, so yeah. what you know you're the one who wanted all this shit out you're the one who wanted to fight limit but we're gonna but you called us stupid who wanted the fighting still in you called us stupid at the end of the fucking day so hey yeah. you, every everything Do don cherry
2: complain about your star player getting hit from behind yep because you was the one who was fucking tweeting dots Demanding a ten game suspension. They were
0: the they were the exact same ones fucking tweeting player safety. Oh, hey, NHL, did you see this? Look at this hit. Okay, well, fucking teacher, teacher, he did it, you know, kind of deal. Yeah. But but everything Don Cherry and Brian Burke said, the the two guys you call dinosaurs, everything they said was gonna happen, fucking happened. Yeah, so it happened. It's just how it is. But you know, that's a whole different can of worms. And we can get into that at a different time because I can go on for fucking hours about how the NHL is fucking garbage now. But beyond that, I need to know your top five LNH fighters of all time.
3: Oh,
2: oh I'm going to miss somebody off as well. <laughs> You should you have you should have messaged me this question. Oh uh, no, I'm Darren. sorry. You didn't ask for any uh, questions. Darren asked uh, for
0: the question, so I gave it to him, so he could think about <laughs> he could think about a fucking freehand. You're over there fucking drinking. You can start with five. Or you can start with one. Doesn't matter. Just give me. We've been
2: talking for the last two hours. Give I know. <laughs> I know. Fucking a. Okay. Okay. Get you gonna start with 5 or you We're gonna start with one. Two.
0: Uh, I will start with one. All right. Okay. All
2: right. Start with that's one. Easier. Um. Joe
0: Farrow. Joe Terrio. 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 All right, fucking right on. Yeah. I don't number blame one. you because he was in the league for so fucking long. The longevity that motherfucker had in the goddamn LNH is just. I don't know if that could be matched anywhere, ever. Yeah,
2: he was a fucking bad dude as well. Oh yeah, mean. Um, number two, Lingates.
0: Link Gates. Oh, okay. So the old QSPHL days because he only played one year in the LNH. He didn't actually play when it was the LNH. He played one year and then the rest of the time he played it was the old uh QSPHL. But I don't believe that. I pick. mean Link, Link,
2: Link Gates he, he he did take some uh s- some losses, but on his day Link Gates was fucking scary and it Yeah, he, he would hurt somebody
0: not only that, I think he was kind of the the guy that came in, and correct me if I'm wrong, but he kind of put that league on the map when it was the QSPHL to say that yeah, holy yeah. fuck we have actual like 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 Link Gates in the fucking league, yeah. so it's it's yeah. gotten put on the map. And without Link Gates, who knows it might not even become the LNH. And that might just be yeah. me talking about my or talking up my ass, but it is what it is.
2: Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, he was. Uh... It was hard for teams to control, but it, there was always a team willing to take a chance on him.
0: Oh, a hundred! Well, he, he went through every team until he got banned from the league, and to get <laughs> to get banned from the QSPHL or the LNH that takes a uh, that takes a certain skill. We'll say that. <laughs>
2: well, still love uh it was preseason season though 405 he got into a he had a stick swinging incident uh i want to say hamilton was it hamilton? oh fuck yeah it was not all the yeah. bleeding
0: hearts fucking hate that clip and i've posted the facebook group and they all fucking hate it but i love it
2: what what suspension do you think he got for that well fuck i think he, I, well you know you're, you're asking
0: me but i think i remember the actual suspension he got i think it was like two games right
2: yeah he got well yeah both of them got two games and they both had to sign a waiver promising that they would never have another stick fight. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's what it was. <laughs> fucking a, yeah. Um, all right, number
2: three. Number, number
0: three, uh, Patrick Cote. Pat Cote, the fucking former Patrick. NHLer. But I'll tell you what, though, even though he came from the NHL, and you know, for the NHL Cote and the LNah Cote were two completely different dudes. Yeah. For a couple of different reasons, obviously. Um, well, he uh, <laughs> might have uh, might have had a little pregame ritual that got him extra wired before games. We'll say that. I'm not going to say what it was. And uh, he also might have had a he, – he might have eaten a couple extra chickens and a couple extra BCAs for protein to get him uh, get him that big.
1: Yeah.
2: Definitely. <laughs> exactly. It was – there, there, for sure there, there was things you could get away with in the NHL that you couldn't get away with in the NHL we'll, 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 just we'll leave it at that
0: alright well I'll take it I'll, I'll I'll take it like this you could you could get away with it in the NHL back in the early 90s and like mid 90s but eh, leading up to that, that 2000s to mid 2005 you probably couldn't get away with it but since it was minor pro hockey you could yeah
2: so where do I get to number four um I'm gonna say Donald Brashear.
0: Really? Ooh, that's a dark horse pick. I would not have guessed that. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't really like Brashear. I'm not a big um, I'm not a big Brashear fan either. And hold on, but we'll, before we begin, by the way, when we say we don't like Donald Brashear, we just don't like his fighting style. We don't like his demeanor. We're not shitting on him as a pro athlete because what he did. There's a reason he lasted so fucking long in the NHL. So don't think we're shitting yeah. on him as a pro athlete. But anyways, yeah. wanted to get that out of the way. Continue.
2: Yeah, yeah, what you say there, we're not shitting on him. Like that. It's like, I said I don't like him. I, I didn't like his fighting style. I thought it was right. boring. But you can't deny it was effective. I mean, when, when did it? I mean, Belak KO'd him. Belak dropped him. But
0: um, That's one of my favorite fights of have, all time, too. <laughs> apart from like the B-Lak
2: fight, you, you've got to go back to his Montreal days to, to find... Um, a time when Rashid really got dummied, you know what I mean? It's, uh, and
0: if it was, it was by Proby. Yeah. Which, can you blame anybody for getting dummied by Proby? I always laugh at the, you know Scott Parker. No. Every time Scott Parker comes up, oh, he got dummied by Proby. Okay, well, a lot of guys got dummied by Proby. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, there was some fucking idiot on the Facebook group not long ago saying um, Parker wasn't tough. And it's like, really? Yeah, really?
0: Yeah, we're going to say that. Oh, he got dummied by Probert. Okay, well, Probert was the fucking best enforcer that there was. So we're going to sit there and say he was dummied by Probert, really. A lot of guys got dummied by Proby.
2: Yeah. Off topic. Oh, off track for a second. Yep, off track. Anybody, fuck it. You can do it. Anybody who says Scott Parker wasn't tough is a fucking moron. Yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's just pull that out, there. Right. Uh, but yeah, so that's number four. Uh, number five.
0: Um, Oh, fuck. I got the dogs barking with that. I
2: don't know. This, again, you went... Like I say, you put me on the spot here. I wish I had done some research on this. But number five...
0: I think it's more fun to do it on the spot, so we'll fucking hit it.
2: Yeah. Number five, I'm going to say Dan ice.
0: Oh, I was was going to say Morasty for the fight. For the five fucking spot, but... I can see Dan Tice because, you know, well, Dan Tice had more. Of, I don't know if I've ever seen a guy Just have does more. Does
2: anybody else in Huggy have more one-punch exactly. than Exactly. I
0: don't think I've ever seen anybody have more one-punch KOs than Dan Tice. And for those out there listening, Dan Tice was a former episode on this fucking podcast, so go give it a listen to that. But you're right, man. I don't think anybody out there has more one-punch KOs than Dan Tice.
2: Dan Tice was scary. A little
0: guys, scary. Oh, and he didn't give a shit either, man. If he was uh if you got <laughs> KO'd, he was fucking celebrating over you. He didn't give a shit. <laughs> and uh, cause
2: number 5 I say Dante is that I wanted to put Bossy in there.
0: Um oh, even Bossy over Bo- Morastia. yeah. Bossy,
2: huh? Bossy had scary power.
0: He did. Scary Once power. he got to Laval and he had, he found his he found his niche, that was when Bossy got really fucking scary.
2: Yeah, and it's it's like I don't I don't want anybody out there to think I'm shitting on anybody. And if I miss anybody on off the list, I'm sorry. No, of course this I, I is, you, this, is, is so, this, this is your personal yeah.
0: list. This is your your top five. Everybody other or er, everybody out there, their top five is going to be completely different. So no, nobody's yeah. shitting on you.
2: Yeah, I mean, you, you, name name five other guys, and there's there's, there's, there's not going to be an argument why why that's different to mine. You know what I mean? They're just going like, that league uh but Bossy uh, like I say I'm not, I'm not shitting on the guy at all uh but I don't think Bossy had really good balance and I think when when Bossy hurt guys it was because the other the other guy fought Bossy's fight if if you're going to plant your skates and trade with him Bossy's going to hurt you yep but if if you if you if you go into it with a little bit of like a you go into the game plan and think, oh, I might just spin him a little, just take take him off. Yeah, you, you'll do okay. I think I think the guy will do okay.
0: And even yeah. Mer- even Morasti said that in the four thousand accounting podcast. It was if I went in there and maybe spun him a little bit, I probably could have won.
1: Yeah.
0: But yeah. the fact that I didn't, I just wanted to stand in there and throw him. That's probably why I lost. And that was that was quotes from John Morasti, and it's it is if it's true if you look at it.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, again, I'm not, I'm not shitting on him at all. I don't want anybody. Oh yeah, at. for but sure. Murat, a hundred times the better skater than Bossy. Right. And, uh, and yeah, yeah, if he'd have done
0: that, it was just Morasti's yeah, style. Would, Morasty wanted, wanted that wide open style.
2: Yeah, yeah, he would. Morasti could have gone into the. Uh, how many rounds they have? Six, six fights.
0: Oh fuck! It, I think it was like six or seven.
2: Yeah, but if if had gone into those fights with a game plan of. I'm going to take him off balance. Morasti would have won every fight.
0: Absolutely. But
2: he didn't. Morasti went in there and said, I'm going to plant my feet, and I'm going to trade and see how this goes. And that's why Morasti lost a couple of those fights.
0: It is. And, the, you know, even even with Morasti losing those, those are the only few fights I can ever I can never remember Morasti even losing. Yeah. I think he had the one, I think it was against Flynn, maybe. That he got, he got, I was, it was, it was listed as a TKO, but he got, he got punched It kind of went down. But I don't think it was really a TKO. Um, but other than those boss fights, Morasti really never fucking lost any at all.
2: Oh, no, he got, he got, um, he got tko by Seer. By Seer,
0: by Seer, yep. Yeah. He had the one and in the LNH, LNH as well. Yep.
2: And, uh, yeah, but the rematch to, um,
0: Marasty got him. Yeah, 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 yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. He done it. And like, like I said, he put me on the spot. He made made me that list. I want to take Brashier off the list. And I want to replace him with Brandon Stoughton. With
0: Brandon Sugden, not- All right, sugar. Okay, yeah. okay. You know what? I'm more for that pick than Brashier because I just I just don't like Brashier, and it's just me personally. And again, not knocking Brashier as an enforcer or anything. I just didn't like his fight style. I found it very. Boring, You know, the kind of hug you, give you a couple of noogies and then pull you out and give you a couple yep. and then pull you back in. I just didn't like it. It was just me personally.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I put here on the list just because he was effective. Um, like I say, you can't argue with the style. It, it, well, it worked. Right. It worked. But it's like, uh, like for example, Tasca went after Brashier, and brush yep. here again. Yep. that was that was that was the night in Quebec and then later on in the game there's a bit of a scrum and uh Brashear just jumped Tasker. oh yeah. yeah yeah and he did he he his task it. but he got the jump on him it and it's like that would have been that would have been a completely different fight if you if you just squared off him when he wanted to square off time from my
0: understanding from a lot of guys Brashier really like to fight on his own terms yeah. as far as Especially in the LNH. NHL is one thing as far as getting the jump on somebody, but the LNH, when you're there for fighting and that's the main event, squaring off is kind of a, oh, it, it's more so part of quote unquote the code, as people like to preach about. Fuck the code. Exactly. The LNH is the only one I kind of give credit to as far as squaring off and actually squaring up to because that's what you're there for, that's what they were signed for um but the nhl who gives a shit you know it's fuck that it's you're at the top tier hockey who gives a shit um but the lnh yeah that was the only one that where the code was more so respected as far as getting the gloves off and squaring it up it's just how it was yeah. because they were there for a reason everybody knew what they were there for the fans the owners they knew what they were there for so have a good even i guess square square up
2: yeah i mean um Sugden said it in an interview when uh Sugden, Sugden got banned for life from the ECHL for because uh, he threw a stick at a stick at fan and um he didn't play for I think two years and then uh they signed him in Verdon and uh he, yeah he did really well in Verdon uh and then after after Verdon he signed in Syracuse yep and um and Subban said it himself in an interview. He, he said he was he was knocking guys out, but he, he was 20 pounds overweight, and uh, and he said he, he didn't realise it till he went to the AHL, how heavy he was. He said uh, he said he, he was knocking guys out, but he couldn't skate. Yep. So He had to he had to drop that off him when he got there. And I mean I've I've heard like a a, a few guys say about like Subban didn't really dominate or anything, but.
0: Well, she fuck did. the Mike Segroy episode. Mike Segroy said for about two years there, fucking Sugden was one of the heavyweights, if not the heavyweight of the league in the AHL. Damn,
2: scary shit.
0: Fuck yeah, old sugar. <laughs>
2: yeah, but uh, I'd like to see Mike Segroy in the uh, in the NHL. I think he, he said
0: that. he got offers for, it, but he he just wanted to keep continuing his minor pro career in hopes for that NHL dream. But I think fucking Sigroy would have been, like, the blueprint for the lH because Sigroy just liked to fucking fight. And I love Sigroy. <laughs> you,
2: you say he got offers there. Any tough guy that played hockey in between 98 and 2009 got offers in that league. Oh, fuck yeah, they did. <laughs> Everybody. They, they used to chase guys. And uh, and there was that... There was the, uh, I'm not going to name any names here but I, I've, I've spoke to players who uh, who got offered they got offered big money there but they they, they wasn't interested because again when I saying the show the show they, they didn't see it as a as a real league and right they, they, they didn't like it so.
0: right and I understand both sides of the argument but I personally I love the league because it knew what it was. It was the very first league in hockey history to put fighting first and hockey second. Yeah, it's, definitely. It's the only league to ever do that. There's never... Since the LNH, there's never been another league besides, like, the old, like, LHS, like, PAA or whatever the fuck it was. But besides that, those are the, those are the only ones to ever put fighting first and hockey second. And for people to shit on it for being the only one to do that, it's it, it's, it's it leaves a bad taste in my mouth, personally. But, you know, again, I see yeah, why yeah. people don't like it.
2: Yeah, yeah. you, you, you get guys saying... um, it it wasn't real. It wasn't real. Those fights were fucking. Oh
0: fuck yeah, they were. And everybody yeah. who's played in the LNH, I always ask them all my interviews. So were those fights staged or were they WWE? No fuck no, they weren't. Well, you're goddamn right, they weren't exactly. And this that's what I just want to reiterate that to people out there who listen. Um, those fights, the knockouts, the KOs, the the shenanigans that happen, whatever. It's all real. It's not fake. You know, I promise you. <laughs> Every guy will attest to that.
2: And there wasn't any concussion protocol in that league. Fuck you no. There... <laughs> no, you know, there wasn't. Like your next bonus, you get fucking back out there
0: and go another guy. Absolutely, man. It's just how it was. <laughs> it
2: was fucking awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, man, well, I'll leave you with one more question. And uh, we'll leave it at that. But you know, you, you and I both watch. We, we watched the LNH today. Fuck, we actually there's some games tonight going on that we gotta fucking get to here shortly. Um, well, what, what time did the game start? They start at eight. Yeah, eight
2: o'clock.
0: Um, was that your last beer? No, no, I've got I've
2: got one
0: more left. Oh, you got one more? There you, you go. You me up early
2: here. I was, I was pacing myself. Well, fuck it. <laughs>
0: well, don't worry. We'll get it. We'll get to this shit after the fucking interview. You know, I got more <laughs> vodka left. Um, but. As far as entertainment value goes, and seeing emotion in the game, is the LNH the last true league to show emotion, fighting, and hitting, and everything like that? What now? Yep, to in today's uh-huh. in today's world of hockey, I've heard the SPHL I mean, I think, is pretty I think close I think there.
2: Shows emotion the way I I grew up watching. emotion. it's like it's like it's, I was saying earlier, really, it didn't age well last night I watched the Laval St. George's game Laval went 2-0 down at home Hamill comes out challenging everybody and no, nobody on the Laval team wanted to know
1: Right. I
2: was sat there home thinking what the fuck is this and, uh, I had a few beers who so tweeted I was like is this really LNAH I'm watching and Hamill comes out the box and does the line roll so that, that, tweet, <laughs> didn't, that tweet didn't age well uh but no, the, 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 you watch. You watch the you now. The, the the games are flat. There's they stuff, are. they really flat. But uh, everything's flat. But that goes back to what we're saying about juniors. They just they just don't no, the pipeline's anymore. cut
0: off. So there's no more. There's no more of that emotion because it's just, guys aren't bred for it. They're not. They're not raised to do that shit. I guess you could say, anyway would say raised yeah. loosely, but it's just how it is.
2: Yeah. Play as a coach completely different now. Completely oh, yeah. 100%. Different.
0: The, the I mean, whole it mentality be, is different.
2: It, it used to be you throw a hit to wear a guy down. And these days, it's you throw a hit to separate the man from the puck. And I get it. I get it. The aim of the game is to score more goals into the team. So separating the man from the puck effective. But
0: at the same time, wearing the guy down is effective as well. Absolutely. Well, you think wearing the man down, you'd probably score more goals in the longevity of that game since you wore everybody down. But it's just how it is. And again, we're not shitting on today's athletes. Today's athletes are better than they've ever been, as a matter of fact. But the game of hockey itself, in my opinion, it's just it's it's not hockey. The game of hockey used to be hit people, finish checks, score goals, and that was the fun of it cuz you'd get to see goals, you'd see fights, you'd see hits. It and was tough. It was. The hockey was tough. It was. It was the absolute man's game. Now rugby's taken over as the man's game, which absolutely no fucking you know, no not shitting on anybody playing rugby. Rugby's fucking awesome. Um, but hockey used to have that it, it was the it was the common middle ground of it. Of it all, that fighting, hitting, and scoring goals, and now you just get this flat game where there's no hits. And I'm not saying I have to see headshots or fights every fucking game. No, um, people today they know what the fuck they're getting into. Everybody knows the CTE risk, so don't like everybody preaches it. Oh, you just like seeing CTE, or these guys are just getting CTE and you're applauding it. No,
2: motherfucker. Yeah, I get that shit all the time. Oh yeah,
0: hundred yeah. percent. And
2: uh, I'll say it now. And if it pisses people off, I don't. I don't really care. I don't
0: give a fuck but if it pisses people it, it, off. It's
2: like, do, do I want? Do I want to see a guy get hurt playing hockey? No. But if I see a guy getting hurt, do I care? No.
0: It doesn't it's, affect me. It doesn't affect you. No. No. It doesn't affect anybody, but for some reason, everybody has to dictate how it affects these athletes as pro athletes, and me and Mike Segroy yeah. touched on it. Who the fuck is somebody else from a couch to sit there and dictate how these guys live their lives or how they make their fucking money? If they want to go to the LNAH and make a a, a fuck ton of cash because they're fighting every night, fuck it. Let them. It's their own fucking decision. But if you're going to sit there and tell them they can't because it's head head injuries and CTE or whatever, motherfucker, they know the risk at this point. Don't sit there and try to dictate what they can and can't do or what they should and shouldn't do in the fucking league. It's ridiculous because they know the risk at this point. They're a grown fucking man. They signed a contract. They're making millions of fucking dollars. Let them fight.
2: Exactly. Exactly. If I'm, if I'm watching a professional team... And I'm not saying, and I'm not saying these things like an amateur level or anything. I obviously they've got to go to work, but a, a fully professional level. If I'm watching my team, my team is down five to nothing, with six minutes left in the third, and a guy gets run from behind. Do you want it to end his career? No, of course not. But if it does, do you care? Never five no down we to fucking do something. Right. And it
0: sounds it sounds Neanderthal the way we say it. But again, yeah. it doesn't affect us. It doesn't affect the person who the person who cries about it and moans, Oh, NHL player safety do something. Does it affect them? Fuck no it doesn't. No. It doesn't. So why the fuck should they care? Yeah.
2: The people the people that fucking tweet player safety complaining demand and demanding suspensions. Oh, it's,
0: it's all just teacher, teacher, he did it, he did
2: it. It's all this. <laughs> but it, it's, it's modern day society. I had this conversation with a guy who, uh, he's a Sheffield fan. He's, he's not necessarily a fight fan, but he's just been around the game for, for as long as I remember. And he said to me, he said, modern day PC society wouldn't allow the game that we grew up watching.
0: No. And that's true. It, it, no, there was there would be zero chance in hell Dave Brown, Chris Nyland, Dave Semenko, Marty McSorley, anybody would even flourish in the NHL today. Yeah. Zero chance. Regardless, if let's say you even give those guys the exact same training that everybody has had leading up until then, no, they wouldn't last. No. Absolutely, no, they wouldn't. It's just how it is. It's just it's today's society, and everybody the way everybody looks at the game, and it's unfortunate, and that's why I applaud the LNH, because it's the last league out there to really have some balls, let players drop the helmets, when they fight and just go at it, regardless if it's a shadow of its its former self, and again when we when I like a when I like a hockey game, I'm not saying turn it into the fucking LNH fucking circa 2007. At all, I I just want a good, hard nosed hockey game, and the LNH, you know, was it a sideshow or excuse me, a sideshow aspect? Yeah, a little bit, but fuck it, you know, these these guys knew what they were getting into. They were getting paid for it, um.
2: So I, I hey, applaud hey, the league. I mean, I didn't age. What do you call trade time? The top point scorer in the league could get traded to your team. Nobody gave a shit about that. But Brad Lambert gets traded for Gary Roach. That's the big news. Do you know what I mean? Oh
0: yeah. That's the fucking that's the big news. That's the that's the uh the trade or what what's it called? The blockbuster trade. Yeah,
2: yeah. That's all they gave a shit about.
0: Right. But Well,
2: well I just uh uh, dude, you set
0: me off here? I've had a few beers and I hate the morning game and I just... Uh... Oh, fucking, hey, man, I, I'm a few fucking. Well, I don't know how many drinks deep I am at this point of how many I've fucking refilled. Um, but nonetheless, man, I can't thank you enough for coming on. It's it's good to hear. No problem
2: at all. No problem at all. It's been a fight Some
0: uh, some refreshing take on the LNH because it's it's a league that I think is a lot of a lot of times it's misunderstood. So it's good to have yeah, you yeah. come on.
2: What I was saying earlier. Uh, you say misunderstood. What well, I was saying earlier, when I, I I gave a link on the uh, on the UK forum to um, the LNH TV it was showing a free game last night. It's some fucking idiot. Uh, they gave a reply. Sorry, missed it. I was too busy watching ice hockey, and it's like oh fuck right Christ. off, Jesus Christ. And I did. I shouldn't do it, back. I replied and I was like it probably resembles ice hockey more than the game you watched last night because players still hit and they put back to that it was like yeah but in real hockey the the only thing you want to hit is the little black thing and I put back to that I was like there's fucking 10 goals in the game so they, they, they did an alright job at hitting that little fucking black yeah fuck off yeah
0: it's ridiculous well, man but anyways man I appreciate you for coming on you know, my buddy John from the UK. You we've had a few uh, <laughs> a few drunken uh, what's it called Facebook Messenger calls before this, and it had been nothing but fucking fun. I could go on for yeah. fucking hours about this shit. Well, uh, the first
2: one, I, w- I was drunk and I was uh, I just looked at my phone. And it said you was online, so I thought I'd test. I was. Was was that the time I was in the gym?
0: Was I in the gym at that time? Was that the one? Yeah,
2: yeah. They yeah
0: fucking heck, I gotta get back into the gym. I'm so fat and out of shape now holy shit for, since, since leaving the military
2: <laughs> and you got a pretty good view of the UK because I was uh, I was stood outside my hotel room but uh, mid-call that car pulled up and the guy was trying to sell me cocaine welcome to the UK <laughs>
0: yeah right <laughs> <laughs> nonetheless man I appreciate you for coming on uh, enough we gotta have you on again we gotta have a standalone episode with you for sure man
2: definitely thank you very much yeah, have a good one brother.
0: All right, and here we are with the next guest for the LNH special. He was the very first player guest I ever had on the podcast, so it's only fitting I brought him in here. We said we weren't going to talk about the LNH during that interview because I, I had this special planned for months, but now here we are, none other than Jason Renard. How you doing today, man?
3: You're yeah, excellent, Holy. How are you doing, brother?
0: Oh, fantastic. Yeah,
3: you, you, you feel a little hung over from your fucking uh, game last night or what?
0: No, I'm definitely sore. My fat ass is sore. That's for damn sure. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I believe it. Yeah, I believe it. My muscle memory is definitely not what it used to be. Fuck.
0: Oh yeah, man, yeah. for sure. Well, uh, we'll fucking we'll dive right into it here, man. So you started off in the uh, in the Quebec Senior League before it became the actual LNH. Uh, when it was the QSPhL, and you started with the infamous Laval Chiefs. Now, before you got there did you kind of hear some rumblings in or like before you signed there, like this, this league might be a little bit different than what you're used to. Um, and it's kind of a little bit of a sideshow.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I sure did. Uh, well, we, I, you know, I had run out of options down South kind of right. I, you know, we were uh, not doing very good. And it was a situation where we had a change of management um, down there and quote, and stuff like that, and so yeah, like my aunt, was,
1: you know, like, you know I, what i through
3: the grapevine, and you know, that's kind of how these things. I, it's amazing too how these these guys up, you know, in, a, in a French-speaking Canada, just get over your fucking phone number. Like, you know, I I, I live, you know, you live in that nomad lifestyle down there. I don't really give shits about keeping the same number or contact. You just kind of roll them over, right? But, yeah, someone had gotten a hold of me, and, you know, whether it was a player, a a player-coach, I think. But there was a guy by the name of Richard Severia, He brought me in, and, uh, yeah, like, they were paying me some money, and they were paying cash money, right? Like, you know, that's kind of a, you know, a lucrative thing at the time, right? You know, getting an envelope of cash every week. Uh, You know, I remember... uh, you know, getting there and thinking, uh, you know, sure you're getting a whack of money, but uh, you're gonna have to
0: fucking earn it. <laughs> right? Yeah, you're earning that shit. <laughs> yeah,
3: absolutely.
0: Yeah. Well, man, you get there, and for those listening, you know, pack a fucking lunch for this team. I'm just rolling through the names here. You had Matthew Rabby, mm. Jesse Rozansoff, mm. Mike DeGurse, Mario <laughs> Jolly, Mike yeah. Tobin, Dan Kopeck, Craig Martin, Mike Bajerny. Pat Cote, Mike yeah. Henderson. Holy fuck, dude. Like John, that,
3: John Richards was there, too. John Richards ran about six, four, too. He was not on a small dude. But, yeah, that was, uh, you know, when, you know, I I feel we had the toughest, you know, like uh, Mike DeGers uh, is a friend of mine. We, we ended up uh, battling each other down in the Central Hockey League, I do believe I was playing. You know, he was playing in Huntsville. Uh and uh, I was playing down in Alabama or uh down in Macon, but he became a really good friend, uh in uh in Laval there and, and yeah, we speak uh, from time to time like jeez, I don't remember playing on a top of team and that. Man, we were capable for sure. <laughs> like it's
0: that alone is more penalty minutes than an NHL team will get in like the next three years. <laughs>
3: like, yeah, you know, and it's funny like that, I, I had a, a good buddy of mine, Sheldon Surrey. He was playing with a bunch all the time and I'd see him out beyond time. Uh, uh, you know, we we would uh, partake in the same places and just kind of meet up. And I remember talking to him. He's like, Oh, well, you're playing on They They had heard about just League. Like it was, it was not a, you know, an unknown deal, even to the guys in the show. And they, we kind of had a chuckle. And I said, you know, Honestly with our lineup I, I think we, we can handle any any NHL team right now, right? You know, like if you go through the first fucking three heavyweights, you've got six waiting in the wings
0: <laughs> what <laughs> right. the Take a number. <laughs> you know,
3: there if did it right always I they paid you know, like, I always think of Alberta, and we like blood out here, and I go back, they love blood, man, you know? Like, I look at some of those videos now, and just not the same turnout, not the same-
0: Oh, no, you know, not all at all, you know, man. It's it's a no, shadow of what it used to be.
3: It's sad, and I really thought that they were a little bit insulated there in Quebec, but they're not, right? You know, everything's going that way. Uh, you know, save the heads, and you know, I don't know. You know, in, in hindsight, you know, there were obviously instances on and off the ice where you know things could have went really awry, right? But you know, that's it's the way we live. It's the way we play, you know, and I, I just don't have a regret around it, you know. Well, it's the only regret in my life these days, brother, is not having kids. A little, uh, a little boy of my own would have been nice. You know,
0: Oh, another, a, a little weird. Renard running around, just a cannonball out there <laughs> playing mites. I like
3: to put the little fucker on a choke chain.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you get him a little shot collar. Like, no, you it. can't do that today. <laughs>
3: That's right. That's right. You know, right out of control.
0: well you you know i've i've heard like from multiple fans actually because you know of course in the group i'll post time to time about uh you know i'll post like a jason renard fight or something and they always say they were at your very first game in laval and apparently you were just hitting anything that fucking moved your very first shift can you talk us talk to us about that Yeah. yeah
3: absolutely it was kind of like a little bit of a uh uh, it was a nice moment, uh, you know, in my career. I was super intimidated, obviously. You know, when you walk into the dressing room, you're like, oh, fuck. And, you know, most of these guys, some of these guys that fought. Like, first guy I met was, was Marty, Craig Martin, tough lefty, right? You know, and we're talking about guys fighting in their prime, uh, you know, as opposed to when we get weaned off a bit. You know, I, I obviously wasn't fighting as well as in the LNAH as, you know, years past. And that's okay. We see, you know, you see that often. But, You know, these guys are legit uh, heavy duties, and they're fighting legit heavy duties. It was, uh, you know, you had to, you know, like you say, you had to pack your lunch and be prepared. You know, one thing I loved about uh, that team in the Val and Sorrell, right? Like, you had no choice. You you know, one of the things we'd say to each other going in before the game is, I've got your back, right? You kind of knew the boys had your back, and away you went at it, right? You know?
0: Right, yeah, it's it's like no matter and you know, if somebody wanted to play on around, it's almost like you could have maybe said, eh, "I I don't feel like fighting tonight. Can one one of you other eight guys take this guy tonight?"
3: <laughs> sure, yeah, you know there was always backup up, but you kind of like it was funny. Like I remember, uh, you know, starting games and, and guys would say, "I got this guy, I got that guy, I got you know," and we went, and you know, there would be like six seconds ticked off the clock. Uh, at the Bell Center in Quebec, and there, there, there would be literally six heavyweight fights in a row. <laughs> <It was nuts. laughs> you know, that's to start of the game, bro. Yeah, it's not even warm ups. Yeah, I forget. You
0: know, I forget that, who. It, it, well, go ahead.
3: No, I was just saying it. it you know, like, like you know, touching uh, uh, on before, just no one sitting on their hands. The place was packed you know revenue coming in you know the hot dog stands the beers the you know it's just you know it's now now you've got even nhl guys in there squaring off you know we got sheriff mcmorrow and Bordalo, and, and I, i'm looking at the stands going oh man don't turn it out for now that's it's too bad yeah
0: yeah it's it's unfortunate the way it is now man um I I watch the league now because I still enjoy it, but it's just a shame that it's just yeah. it's. Well, the league tried to take itself too serious, I think, and like they brought in the import rule and a bunch of other shit now. Yeah. And it almost yeah, the league shot yeah. itself in the foot. Now, of course, you're not going to get the fighters because, of course, they're, they're they're cutting them. They're cutting the boys off at juniors since you there's a fight limit in almost every junior league now. So it's it's not really the league's fault, but at the same time, there was stuff that they could have had a better longevity I think because I think the the league it's going to be on its last leg and it's going to end up as like a senior league again
3: yeah yeah I'll regress is what you're saying yeah and that's and that's uh, you know we see that you know I don't know you see women's hockey kind of gets thrown in there and it's like this nice thing during the olympics and then all of a sudden it kind of it, it kind of fades away as well right and you know I don't know oh, fuck is real hockey going that way too or is it is it, is it real hockey anymore <laughs> right? you know if I if I I boycott this stuff you know for for a reason you know I just I just don't I just think the respect level is missing and know I, I don't think uh You know, Sidney Crosby needs to be taking cross-checks in the fucking back of his neck, uh, in front of the net, without uh, repercussions. I I truly love Kachuk, but uh, when you hit a guy like that, you better spin around and be ready to fucking defend yourself, right? Um, That is predatory stuff, and you know... Like, you, you look at fucking the, the honey Badger, we're calling them there, Darcy Tucker, that motherfucker. He was a rat, but he fucking would fight, right? Like, oh, yeah. You know, I'm not, not saying he fought a shit ton of heavies, but when he fought, that motherfucker, like, I remember in junior, he was the same way, right? Just, yeah
0: exactly yeah it's it, it's a it's unfortunate but uh, you know if I, I personally i don't watch anymore it's just how it is um i go to a couple games a year because we get free tickets and i'll go with like my dad or uh whoever but i i, I sure keep my <laughs> my my hopes down low we'll put it that way Yeah, <laughs>
3: sure, yeah expectations low yeah yep.
0: uh, well a, a guy i wanted to ask you about on level well, i mean fuck there's about eight guys i could ask you about on laval here if we want to make this a 14-hour sure. podcast um But, uh, you know, legendary guy in the Quebec League and also a um, a former NHLer, but Pat Cote. What was it like playing with Pat?
3: Oh, Pat Cote, I I idolized the guy. You know, honestly, uh, uh, you know, just a, a a, a very nice guy, right? Very nice dude. You know, it's funny, you know, just on a little side note, when, when people, you know, uh, make poor decisions for whatever reason in their life, you know, people jump on the, on the fucking bandwagon pretty quick. And I know this guy as a person, I love him as a friend. And, uh, you know, as a warrior, fuck, they didn't (laughs) didn't come on top like, I mean, I'm not a fan of hockey brother. Right. So I don't know, uh, you know, this, this year, for me, what you're doing, I get to see fights that I'm like, oh, my God, fucking LaRue just murdered Twist. What right. the fuck? I never saw that body shot by Colton Orr, but what the fuck was that? <laughs> that right. was insane. They're doing insane things, but they train m a now, right? But I'm sorry, let's get back to what you asked. I can't even fucking remember.
0: <laughs> Pat Cote, what was what was it like playing with Cote? <laughs>
3: yeah,
0: yeah. Anyway, anyway that,
3: that'll happen with me. Oh, Some no worries, man. I'm fucked. But uh, Cote a great, a great guy, right? And, you know, the thing about that is Kai's guys were hungry for him, right? And, you know, like he, he you know, he was the top, top dog in, in my opinion, you know, uh, and guys were hungry for him. And, you know, he's did, he did an outstanding job. You think about, I think he fought Twist nine times. And, you know, like I, I, I respect the guy for, for, for that, for what he's done, right? For, for the hard and soul guy puts on the ice, you know, he's playing with an expansion team and he leads the team. And I mean, Right away, I had respect for him, right? And, you know, just as uh, having that guy in your locker room, like I remember, you know, walking into the fucking, uh, you know, I'd, I'd get in pretty early to the rink. I was usually one of the first guys there. I'd have to stretch out and whatnot, get ready. But I, I remember fucking, he was on, a, on top of a table and the fucking uh, foyer where you're getting your rink burgers and beers was packed. And they were making adjustments to his fucking jersey, like before warm up, like they were clipping shit and adjusting shit. And I just kind of laughed, right? Yeah, he was, uh, you know, he was the fucking warrior. What can I say? You know, guy came and did it. You know, right. Much respect,
1: you best.
0: I forget who it is in the background of the picture, but I think I mentioned this with uh, with Swanson. But that picture of Cote, like jacked on the bench, shirtless after like a line brawl with Sorrell. Oh my God, he's that like a, he's Ryan. just a fucking tank.
3: That was Ryan Peacock, yeah, like That's he right. was. Uh, you know, and the thing about him, he had. Small hands and he had skinny wrists. You know what I mean? Like some guys are built, you know, like a thick wrist and a big mitten, right? And you, you just get clubbed by it. He, yeah, he but, but fuck, he was built like a brick shit. I'll see, you know, that stuff I and mean, respect there too, right? You know, like he, he knew he had to be prepared in that fucking league. You know, he was, he, he might have been, might have had more muscle mass in that league than they do in the show, right? It's a lot more cardio in the show, right? But here, you know, guys were bulking up you
1: know this a lot lot of a lot of protein
3: (laughs) hey man i've always said this right you know like uh fuck if you ain't cheating at that age you ain't trying right like if start if i walk in the locker room and and, you know I'm, i'm fighting guys that are fucking physically stronger than me you know that's not gonna happen right so yeah i what i got there I had, I, you know, I still haven't dis- discovered that performance-enhancing drugs yet, right? Um, so, you know, it wasn't until uh, so Laval I played there was no, I was kind of young enough and had no problems, but yeah, I got. <laughs> A couple of years later i started in and and yeah it, it kind of uh, allowed me to play a couple more years
0: yeah <laughs> hey <laughs> you got to do what you got to do i never hold i never yeah. hold like steroids against anybody cuz at the end of the day man you're you're fighting for a job and anything <laughs> to give you a fucking edge and when guy, when everybody else in the league is taking it fuck it man do it
3: shoot <laughs> job. you know and and like there's Obviously, there's, you know, it's a drug and it can be abused, right? I'm not fucking condoning it. I'm not sitting here telling kids to. If you get over the age of 35, your testosterone drops, man. My father was on testosterone. It was a cream he got from the doctor. I get mine from a dude that I know, uh, you know, and plunge it into my arm once a week. Big fucking deal, right? It's a fountain of youth, right? And trust me, Suzanne appreciates it, you know, like met, <laughs> uh, some fat Bob fucking walking around the house, like, you know. She
1: doesn't
3: mind that uh, you know
0: the odd day she's got a walk a young viral man uh, around the house, right? Oh, there <laughs> <Yeah>. you go. <laughs> get, you, get yourself a little bit of arm candy. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: That's right. <laughs> um, well, man, so you go you you leave the league for a couple years and you end up in Sorrel, and this team is another one to pack a fucking lunch for mm. you. Have yourself yes. John Morasti, Dean Mayrand fucking dan tice fucking Corey holland and brad lambert yeah
3: yeah lambert rushton was there rushton was fighting very well at the time right yeah rushton was there yeah like super top capable but you, you know everyone was like that right I mean, I'm not sure if he was in though. You know, like, that team that there, they they had those guys that had some money, and they wanted to really put together a winner. We wanted to win it, and, uh, you know, that's kind of when that brawl happened to fast forward to the end of that year, right? Like, uh, we, excuse me, we were expected to win it, um, you know, or you know, go to the finals. And, uh, you know, I think we, yeah, we ended up, uh, the, the nerd
1: team of <laughs> the yeah, pro lab down to them, pro lab,
3: that's right. Yep. thank you. Yeah, yeah, They're very <laughs> nice dudes. Yeah, maybe not nerds, but uh, we, we thought they were pretty nerdy. Oh, right?
0: yeah, they that's what everybody, everybody called it that the nerd team. That sure, they were
3: the only team that tried to play that way. And did they win it that year? I don't even fucking know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, speaking <laughs> of that brawl, of course, that's actually part of the intro I have here. Um, fuck, I don't think I've okay. seen the intro yet. I haven't, I haven't done the uh. The complete, or I haven't completed it yet, of course, because I'm still waiting to get all these guests on before I actually drop everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the some of the sound bites, because there's actually like commentary for it from announcers and shit like that. So what kind of uh, what kind of started that brawl?
3: Uh, which goes out. Oh, geez. Okay. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's been several. Um, yeah, okay, I just, so I just, yeah. I, so I got to specify
0: happened? with this league because I say that brawl, yeah. and that's like, that could be 40 different things. <laughs>
3: Yeah, so what happened is there was about 30 seconds left and they scored, I think, to to go, like, three up, right? So, well, the game, I think, was done. I had I'd gotten off, I was skating off the ice, and, uh, fuck, I was catching my breath, and I was so mad, right? And, uh, you know, the series wasn't over, but I thought, fuck, I'm going to get the champs, right? Like, this, Deschamps, this to me, you know, he was one of those guys that... Uh, you know, same as fucking Chad grills, right? You know, those motherfuckers that, you know, they initiate. They never want to fucking drop the gloves. They beat all games. So, anyways, he was out there, uh, and there was a fella uh, named Simone Poirier. He's a defenseman. And I'm sitting beside Dino, and I'm catching my breath. right? And I've got a massive amount of muscle on me at this point, uh, And so I'm fucking trying to get oxygen to my muscles, right? And I'm like, oh, fuck they not get a little bit longer <laughs> after the goal and I just fucking yelled out I called the coach didn't say anything I yelled out uh, uh Simone's name there I said Porsy. and so Porsey jumped off because everyone knew what was gonna happen right like we started fucking uh step uh, was up uh you know up on the wing fucking uh, I pulled Poirier off and then was playing defense for the face off. Uh, Brunel was on the left side, like just ready to, and you know Brunel just fucking double slapped whoever the fuck he was playing against there. I and so I tried to track down Deschamps, and I ended up getting maybe one shot in him. And yeah, I figured you know this is this might be the end of the career, so you know I, I go out with a bang. I, I thought so, you know, and, uh, and at one point, he, yeah, shit, you know, you can see yeah. You know, it got pretty crazy there, and then you can see one of the guys grabs a fucking stick at their bench, and and so I kind of caught my breath a little bit uh, there at our bench, and I told Dean me, Ron was uh, on the bench with me at the time, yeah. I said, "I'm going, Dean, and you're coming," and fucking fucking right, so ended up grabbing that kid went into their bench uh <laughs> and then uh fucking dean dean took a couple hard strides at one of their dudes and he fucking
0: skated oh behind he was yeah, oh dude he, he <laughs> was trying everything in his power to get away yeah, from and, mayrand
3: <laughs>
0: and then it's, it's funny
3: because dean, the one that poked me back out of the bench i just said jesus running off of us right, death, right? Like, so you know at that point i was kind of like okay maybe i went overboard if, if Dean was fucking telling me to settle down. <laughs> so, yeah, I was kind of a, I don't know, you know, fuck, kind of a fun deal, and I'm glad no one got hurt at the same time, but fuck, man, yeah. You know, playoffs, there's so much said, and, and, and there's just so much on the in between, the ins and outs, and between games, and, you know, so much hype that... You know, sometimes
0: the emotions could get, get the fucking bouncer rolling. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, man. If you, for those out there listening, if you've never seen this brawl, literally just look up like LNH brawl on YouTube, and it's like probably the first video. It's got like over four hundred thousand views or some shit like that, if I remember right. Um, wow, it. Yeah, it,
3: like, it does that? Yeah, it does. It's got good. a.
0: Sh- that's not cool. Yeah, it's got a shit ton, man. And uh, like I said, that's what I used wow. for the intro because at the the part I use, cuz of course I don't speak a lick of French. I don't know what the fuck they're saying. Yeah. Um but the yeah. I could I could make out when they say like your name and then like the guy's calling for like he's like "Mayrand, Mayrand" and man, you just yeah. see Dean shooting across the ice at this fucking guy <laughs> oh, yeah. and he's just running that's for fun. his life. <laughs>
1: Oh, and what I
3: get a kick out of too is like they're, they're playing the fucking uh, train horn while the brawl oh, is dude. going on. Like, wah, wah, wah. Dude. Get the going? like, dude. what the fuck? You're going to fill your backs with gold, now, Not during the brawl. Like, <laughs> fucking, I, I love fire, that. Right?
0: I love Industry. that about the LNH man is the, the train horn right. going off man it didn't like the <laughs> it's always during fights and people might be wondering what the fuck we're talking about during fights normally you have yeah. a goal horn Uh, And of course, when the goal is scored, you know, the horn goes off or whatever. Well, in the LNH, whoever the horn man is at these fucking games is just sitting there blasting this fucking thing during fights and everything like that. And I mean, it's going off so many times. That's why in the intro, I also have, I have that horn go off like four different times in the fucking intro just to, just to make it go off like that. Um, but yeah, so they would play this horn, and it's so loud. It's it's literally like a goal horn, but it's all during the fights, and it's just blaring during this. And I love the fans. The fans are all about it, too. They just, you know, the red ice fucking sells. So they're just, you know, probably shithouse drunk at this point because it's the third period. And they're just fucking going in with the horn, and you guys just causing mayhem on the ice. It was fucking awesome.
3: Well yeah, and then what it was like amazingly enough was that you know, there was a huge market for it and it generated revenue, it brought a lot of fun. it brought like small towns in Quebec through all of that, it brought them back to life. It brought the color back back to people's faces. People were talking about hockey again in those towns, you know, it's kind of a beautiful thing, a bit of a you know, a resurrection of sorts, right? You know, for the you know, they uh, thought they did a, a heck of a job. You know, I and mean, then, you know, no apologies for what it was either, right? Yeah, I mean, this is raw, man. If you don't like it, you don't have to watch, right? You know, exactly. And we had a couple of uh, young guys, you know, we had Stephen Richie. He fucking attempted to play, but fuck, he was, we couldn't play him. He was scared for his life, right? Just couldn't, you know, there was just too much that could have it may possibly happen and then when you witness shit you know it's trying to freak you out too
1: right unless you're in it
0: <laughs> right <laughs> it, it's like the wild fucking west out there i love the way that may ran described it on the fourth line voice is that it's like uh it's like gladiators man like two go in and one come out kind of fucking deal like thunderdome or some shit
3: <laughs> sure yeah yeah like uh yeah, and you 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 prepared yourself like like that, right? Like everyone kind of. Geez, man, I remember. You remember? You imagine the the mental stress, right? It's like, all right, man, we're going to war, but you know, somehow this calm comes over you, and you're like, okay, man, I am prepared. I'm prepared. I haven't been boozing. I've been, you know, whatever. And then there's some moments of man, I've been boozing too much, man. I'm a little <laughs> down on my way. You know, yeah, that was for me, right? Like, I fucking, you know, I I, I make no bones about, you know, getting carried away, right? Like, I fucking, you know, at some point, I'd lost control. So, you know, when you're going in in the buildings, you're unprepared, man. You know, like, when we look at you know, we look at fights, we don't know what's going on with Tony fucking Twist three weeks before that fight with LaRue. So it's not his best performance, but Buddy says he's fucking overrated, yada yada, right? Well, you know, uh, everyone's got opinions, but, you know, you know like I, that that one fella. Uh, I've got a lot of respect for him too. He, he said it best. You know, if you don't lose a fight, you ain't fighting the right fucking guys.
0: Oh, it was uh, Jeremy Yablonski who said that. He said that on the podcast <laughs> yeah, here. Yep.
3: Yeah, what a great fucking line, right? What, I mean, what a tr- tr- more truth couldn't be spoken. Fuck. You know, Absolutely. You're gonna lose. You, you, you put yourself in harm's way with a guy that has hands the size of, a fucking, uh, of an anvil and has got a fucking 7-inch reach on you? Yeah, man. Uh, you think his fucking knuckles are going to cut you wide open? You fucking know they will.
1: <laughs> <You> know?
0: <laughs> right.
1: So, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, you have a couple of teammates I want to ask you about here. Um for sure. people uh, who might know. Well, actually, before we get into the teammates, there's something I want to ask you about, too. Um, so, the LNH was all about kind of putting on a, a bit of a show, and it seems like you really embraced that shit, too, when you were there. You know, like, well, of course, because they have the long square-offs and everything like that. But, you know, yeah. like, the, the pumping yeah. the crowd up, like, mid-fight or just really just giving it to him. I forget who it was you fought. Yeah. Um, God, I can't remember. We talked about it in the first episode. But afterwards, you're just, like, looking at the crowd, and you're just saying, like, fuck you, fuck you, going down the line to all of them. Yeah, that, that was
3: Simone we, that that was, was uh, That's who it was. It, it, yeah, that was in Sherbrooke. And fucking Robidon kind of quick-started me. We kind of fell. And so I was a little bit frustrated with him, and I, I was happy to get another chance at him. right? And, um, Yeah, like, that had been, like, everyone had gone through. We had gone through May round, Went with someone, and you know we'd we gone through. So him and I were the last to go, and yeah, I remember. You know, like I, I don't know. You know, I'm one of those guys that uh, shit the you know, get emotional, I can run my mouth, but, you know, I, I do, you know, I have a love and respect for for, for people, you know, and, and, and the French-Canadians, uh, while I was there, were absolutely wonderful, you know, and I stayed there, and I loved it, but fucking, you know, I would say or do anything, you know, like my, half my team was fucking uh, French, right, and the coach was French, and I was fucking yelling at the fans, calling them fucking frogs, and you know, I don't know. They kind of know that I'm joking, right? But then I'm kind of not because I'm in the heat of it. But, right. Yeah, you know, I, I never had control of that stuff. And, you know, at that point, that was a, it was a decent play. It was wide open. And, and, and the fans were were rocking, right, at that point. I was kind of caught up in it, right? that's all. Yeah, but... Uh, the yeah, emotional guy, you know, I always look at fighters, even in the UFC, when they get a little too emotional after a big win. But you got to imagine the fucking stress they're under, and then all of a sudden they get that KO or whatever, and then, you know, shit, yeah, they maybe do something or say something, maybe a little bit of ashamed of uh, after the the rush is gone, right? When you're on the bus, <laughs>
0: right? Of course,
3: <laughs> sure. Uh... But they, they, you know, for me, no, no regrets. I, you know, man, I, lo- I love that shit. You know, uh, I know I didn't mean too much malice in my heart, right? And, uh, you know, fans are fans. They fucking allow to spit on you, throw their fucking beer on you. So, yeah, if I can give it back to a fan, fuck them, right? They pay their fucking, <laughs> they pay their 10 bucks or whatever, fuck
1: them.
0: Exactly. Um, a, yeah. a couple of teammates I wanted to ask you about on that uh, that Sorel team. Well, one of them only played one game, and he was also another guest on the podcast uh, previously. But did you ever see a dude knock more people out than fucking Dan Tice?
3: but uh, no, no, I just, he's just had, had that sneaky punch that he held behind his fucking back, and you know, he he, he was a counter punch, like, fuck man, he timed it, his timing was, was excellent, and he, you know, he threw from his hip, right, you see, and he just had that ambient punch, right, no, I had a lot of respect for that, you know, and he's a quiet, humble guy, right, he goes about his business, got a great sense of humor, you know, he's doing great right now, you know, I see posts and stuff, but you know, Dad, I was a fucking humble dude too and he <laughs> just fucked the big guy's sleep. Oh so dude, I, I, he would
0: just unload on him. It was ridiculous.
3: Yeah, like I think an underrated guy too, like I think of Dan Tice. I think I got a lot of respect for Corey Holland, right? Like Hollywood haul uh he was in a move he had a had a moving furniture business you can only imagine it's all stairs and fucking in montreal right it's like you know they don't have big widespread ranch houses like they do you know in other places because you're on an island and fuck that guy'd work all day and fight twice at night like jesus his buggers were tough
0: <laughs> absolutely you know? um fuck it's it's crazy because you know speaking of the it's funny with how brutal the the lnh was man you know i'm looking at i was just looking at dan tice videos just now to fucking remember who it was that he knocked out but he ko's him and he's doing, like, the Running Man celebration afterwards, like, fucking off of him. And, of course, like, they got the train horn going and they still got the music playing and shit while this dude's just KO'd sleeping on the fucking ice, man. It's insane. Yeah,
3: I was a little bit fucking, uh, a little bit ranky. Eh? But, yeah, I know, like, yeah, I was, you know, they're fucking thing again, right? You're like, oh, man. And we don't know what's going on. Like the guy's asking you to fire their beak and you all fucking right. Doing, right? All it takes is a couple beaks. You knock the guy out. Yeah, I'm on here. You're, you're excited that you fucking smash that fucker. You
0: bet. Exactly. Uh, well, moving on, dude. I got a couple other teammates I want to ask you about from that team. Uh, and, of course, legendary tough guy, uh, especially in the minors. And, you know, if, if you watch hockey fights, everybody knows this guy probably the most one of the most entertaining fighters of all time but uh what was it like playing alongside john Morasti?
3: yeah nasty was nasty was something to watch um i i really can't say enough about nasty i've never seen uh you know that kind of courage that kind of tenacity right uh you know he's just not a a a huge guy right like he probably weighed a bit you know maybe a little puffy but uh you know he had to be to you know to fight at that level and with those guys like he took on fucking everyone and i i just i don't know man i i don't you know johnny as a as a human I'm, i'm not really fucking huge tight with you know, uh, like a would be Dean or something. We didn't play together that long, Johnny and I. But yeah, like I <laughs> the respect as a fighter and a player. Like, you know, that guy carved carved his fucking way, like willed his way, right? And uh, you know, to be that uh, to that to be that brave and do it time and again. Like, you know, I watched. Uh, you know, our friend. Uh, oh. Fucking boss A get a hold of him a couple of times, you know, and the results were were pretty shitty, man. And fuck if he didn't go after him three times in a row. Fuck, it was fucking crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, man, I can't beat this guy right now. He's fucking KO'd me two in a row. I'm not going back and fuck that if he wasn't chomping at the bit, you know. Maybe not chomping at the bit, but did it, right? you know. Oh, I just... Uh, yeah, uh, you know, I, I can't say enough about Johnny's, uh, you know, his fortitude. Uh, uh, you know, just to have that uh, braveness and that gumption. You know, son of a bitch, he he he's he's a guy that did, you know, and he fucking didn't. Walk around like an asshole or a braggart. You could have a beer with him. He was a good guy off the ice, but yeah, someone that fucking did it. Yeah, that's that's a guy there, man. You know, uh, yeah,
1: kudos to that
0: fucker, boy. Yeah, the craziest part to me is that he came back to the league years later. Uh, right when the league, right when all the heavies were on their tail end of coming out of that league, like Terio, uh, Gabby Rock, and then who else? Um, fought a couple other good guys that were heavyweights back then. Yeah. Uh, That was probably around around 2014, 2015-ish, I think.
3: Oh, oh, that's late. Okay, I didn't know he'd come back. Yeah,
0: wow. Yeah, he came back and he fought Joel Terrio. um, And they had a couple, like, that's one of my favorite fights of all time, actually. It's up there, and it's probably my top five. Um, Just because I respect it so much that they were at the end of their careers, and they still just went out fucking swinging like that. They didn't go down quiet, just said, fuck it, let's put on a show. Oh, my God, I love that fight so damn much. Oh yeah! Right. Fuck it. I gotta, I, I'm gonna I, post I, that fight know, right God. after this shit. <laughs> I gotta post it again. Sure
3: that, you know that's a thing of legend. I remember fucking Dean talking to me about that too. He said, "Fuck, you gotta check that stuff out. These guys come back and you know like wide open like that, and uh, you know and showing the respect." Yeah, it's uh, you know I couldn't do it. You know I couldn't do it. I don't have that in me anymore. You know it's just a. Yeah, it's an innate thing that, uh, you know, after a while, I like, just age and, uh, age and experience, <laughs> there's got to be a better way to make a dollar, you bet.
0: That's what, well, the thing is with Morassi, I don't think he gives a shit, he just genuinely liked to fight, so he was all about it, you know, <laughs> like, he just fucking now, embraced he, it, he just loves fighting. That's
3: right, you know, there's guys like that too, right, they just love to be in the mix and be taking shots, and giving shots, and... You know, yeah, I, I think I started out that way for sure. But, you know, we're talking about longevity and coming back. Like, you know, I don't know. You're watching your kids grow. You know, the body doesn't obviously react the same way. So, yeah, kudos, you know. Anyone that can come back, you know, you see it on a elite level. It's amazing, right? Really, right. guys coming back in the heavyweight division like fucking nuts.
0: Well, speaking of Terrio, did you ever have any run-ins with Joe Terio?
3: I did, I fucked, there was a guy by the name of Chad Richards and fucking yep. uh, Lavelle, Lavelle, and he slew-footed someone. But they had us, and they had line out there. And so Theriot went after him, and I, I grabbed and fuck when we squared off I went underneath his right hand he started laughing I went underneath his right hand and pulled him to the ground And the rest kind of had us at that point but I remember fucking thinking it was a very very strong dude right yeah Terry and I never you know there were heavyweights right there were heavyweights only and they were super heavyweights and yeah, man, those guys seemed to find each other before I'd find them, and I was fucking absolutely okay with that, right?
1: <laughs> right. But,
3: yeah. I, I'm 34 years old. I was, I, was, I was 33. I was kind of okay with
0: that. But, right. Yeah. Well, you know, um, before we leave this Sorrell team, and there's one more team I wanted to ask you about, and hopefully I'll be recording with him this Sunday, but um, was one Mr. Brad One Punch Lambert, what was it like playing with him?
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah, Brad was at the top of his game when I was there, right? He was fucking hurting guys, and, and uh, yeah, he was fucking punching guys out on a regular rig basis, right? And he was still big and so strong, this big farmer strength, right? And, yeah, like, uh, yeah, much respect there, too, right? You know, a guy's fucking 21, 22, however old, fighting you know, geez, fighting big, strong men with, with fucking experience to throw both hands. I remember him switching hands and Serge Reber's and fucking that was the end of Surge's career. Boom, split his fucking face open and that was it. Like, I don't think we saw him again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, yeah
3: like I... he just is a big farm kid and very strong, heavy-handed, right? Going him the bear. Yeah, big bear.
0: <laughs> he had probably one I, I can't wait to ask him about it to see where he fucking developed this but that fight stance he had like the square off I've never seen anything like it where he had like he didn't even have his hands up he had his his right hand would be so he would have it behind him like so far back sure. And then I don't it's it's like he would I don't know, I guess maybe the only reason or the only thing I could think of would be he had it cocked back to try to get the first write off and just have absolute, like as much power behind it as you can from it being back so far.
3: Sure. Yeah, I had fucking that wind up. But you know what I liked about Lambert's stance, right? Is he had that strong left out and he was crouched down, right? Like he was already his glutes and everything are already engaged. You watch some of these guys they stand straight up and down. I don't know how you could do that. I always kinda had to get in that stance, but Fucking, yeah, his stance was money, man. He uh, Yeah, he'd get backing up and start twirling, twirling around, right? The big, strong dude. Yeah.
0: Fucking rights, Yeah, he he was another guy that seemed pretty animated after his fights, too, you know, the, the show part, and he would fucking just pump the crowd up and didn't give a fuck.
3: Sure, the crowd loved it, too, right? You know, like, if you're going to get a response and, you know, the stress is high... You know, sometimes, you know, obviously the fights weren't as spectacular as, uh, you know, they should have been, and you try to get the fans going, and it's, you know, all about the show, but, you know, push comes to shove, they're going to war, right? You know, and, yeah, if you can fucking get a a reaction out of a crowd, why not? For sure.
0: Exactly. Um, Well, so the next year, you ended up in Verdun with the Dragons, and you have of course legendary well LNH legend but also a UFC phenomenon that came in out of nowhere uh and ended up winning a couple fights out there in the UFC level but Steve Bosse what was it like uh playing with Bosse?
1: Yeah,
3: Bosse for me um was probably uh one of the, the top five guys that I had seen uh, you know, throughout my career, uh, to be honest. He was fighting on such a good level, right? And, you know, him and Nasty, he had gotten the best of Nasty. He had fucking knocked him out a couple times in a row, right? Like, just fucking, he was fighting Nasty. Uh, uh, he was playing some, uh, you know, pretty fucking tough uh, hockey at the time. And uh, Yeah, like, same deal, right? He was a young guy that wanted to... You know, he respected, uh, you know, the older guys, and he wanted to be one of them. He wanted to be in the tops, and, fuck, he was, uh, he was young, and, he, he, you know, he did that, right? I remember he had his first couple fights with and They were spinning and whatnot, right? But as soon as he kind of committed to staying in that pocket and fucking banging, oh, man, he, he really fucking, uh, he really was fighting well. Yeah, you
0: know, he was, uh, <laughs> yeah, he was fucking scary tough. Right. From what Mayrand was saying, it's like he almost, it was like trial and error with Bosse at first, because at first when he came into the league, it was kind of just, it was kind of just, ah, oh, he's another fighter. And then, you know, he get doing it more and more. And of course, I'm sure he was doing a lot of off-ice shit. Seems how he loves to fight as well. So I'm sure he was doing like MMA or boxing behind the scenes, um, and then he really just flourished and just, w- once he went to, uh, it was when he got to Verdun and then afterwards with the Chiefs is when he was really just like a fucking yeah. force. Yeah, yeah.
3: You know, and you got to kind of morph into that, right? You know, like, I I see that. You know, it's hard to come in. You know, some guys, uh, you know, it's trial and error. And you kind of get morphed in morph into it until you really commit to saying, okay, I'm going to fucking bang, right, not spin, not, not fight defensive, just, I gonna mean, stay in the pocket. Now, in order to throw a good punch, you know, unfortunately, you got to put like, my head out to be in that pocket as well, right? Um, you know, you catch the odd guy swinging the odd time, but, you know, if I'm trying to throw a good punch, you know, I'm just going to put your fucking head in, in harm's way as well, right? And, you know, fuck, guys that did that you could see and you could see nasty in those first couple of fights. Nasty almost had him, right? Like fucking, he banged nasty, banged him twice in a row, and he was dropping. Yep. Yeah, like boss, boss hey, stops for a second, like up, oh, you know, and then you can imagine it's like a come back from that, right? You know, so, but yeah, like that was, you know, that was one of the earlier fights, and then he just started fighting so well you know, and he was fighting often, right, he was, fuck, you end up, you know, when you fight the pocket like that, you end up getting banged up, right, and, you know, fuck, you gotta think if you're doing it how many times in a row, you know, it's hard to sustain that, right, without some kind of a break, right, your body's gotta fucking, re, you know, so, you know, there was fights in there, fucking, you know, he, he won that one against Dean, and then fucking Dean got him back, and, Boss A was my teammate, and Dean was my friend, and I wasn't sure who to cheer for, but holy fuck. You know, uh, that video is too far away. It doesn't do any fucking justice at all, holy. You know, I was right there, and I heard those punches, and I saw them, and fucking, uh, you know, that was, um, you know, that was more than one punch landed there uh, for Dean. He fucking, yeah, he he handled his business and I was proud of him for it right cuz i think at that point Boss A was top dog in my opinion fucking right
0: absolutely yeah fuck bossey just i love that he came he came he was another one he came back years later um, with the Laval predators when when they were down there still um yeah. and he uh he was just fucking i th- he only played i think 7 or 8 games maybe that might even be a stretch maybe it was only 6 um yeah. But fuck, dude, he was still rolling dudes then, man <laughs> He really fucking oh. was <laughs>
3: Well, yeah, like, you can imagine Like, that doesn't go away That guy, you know, uh, okay, he cuts wood He's fucking guy, chops wood He's got a biz- business doing that You know, stays physically fit I'm sure he's on the fucking tools You know, uh, and then also You know, these guys don't A lot of them, if it's part of your life You know, like you know, I'm, I'm not out of shape only. I'm, I'm in, still in phenomenal shape, right? Maybe my wind is not where it should be, but I'm strong as I was when I was 22. Fuck. Right. Some guy's part of your lifestyle, and I think he's one of those dudes. You know, you wouldn't take him much to fucking ride the bike a couple of fucking sessions and be ready to fucking go, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Well, one thing that's interesting I, about Bosse's jersey, actually, um, I happen I own the very last jersey he ever played in, um, the Laval one. And he used a fight strap system. And I don't know if you ever used anything like this, but it was like it was a buckle in the front. And so the only way I could see it is it like went under his legs or like in between his legs and up through the back. And it was like a buckle or like a tie. So it was just one strap. Right. The, like the regular fight strap wouldn't be cut out or it would, or, excuse me, it would be cut out. And then there was like, just this long fucking strap that goes through the whole jersey
3: yeah i don't know i've never never heard of anything like that right but you know like it might have been from so he doesn't get pulled up in the front as well yeah that's that's the only thing i can think of yeah you know because that left i don't know that left little jab punch is popular now right just to kind of get guys off and then you know you're pushing in their face but I think uh, cassian has got the same thing in the National Hockey League. Guys who do not know, right? Can't pull that jersey and get it in the front. Right, I don't know.
0: But, um, well, man, you know. Yeah, it's...
3: for me, I never had, like, I like to come out of my fucking jersey. Right. Race, right? <laughs> Robbery I that bitch. To... Yeah, and then, like, and then at some point, I think they made that rule, right? And you had to you had to tie down but yeah like i didn't adjust too much right i i didn't uh, you know man i yeah maybe i, sh- I should have but like i didn't, like i thought that, that you know the the sleeves are always big enough but i kind of you know i didn't really make too many adjustments but i think there too like if i look if i think about my laval chiefs jersey they probably did it for me right you know the things were pretty fucking
0: baggy
3: <laughs> 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 Renaud's coming in. Okay, what what type of jersey should we make
0: this? Right, for sure. Right. Um, well, man, you know it's been it's been great having you on. I gotta ask a couple. Like, I got maybe two more questions for you here, uh, sure. but I'll get you on your way. So, you know, overall with the LNH, of course, this is an LNH special. Um, you know, did, did you really enjoy playing in that league?
3: I sure did. You know, I, I like the fact that. You know, it was set up where where, where tough guys uh, were paid appropriately, right? We were paid accordingly, and they paid some almost tough guys They paid a lot of money. Like, you know, it's a good way to make a living, right? Like, uh, you know, if I was your gig, I kind of did it more for the memories, right? I didn't leave it very much. You know, decent money, right? Uh, you know, not huge money, but, you know, the way it was set up was, you know, we got paid, if not uh, as much, if not more than, uh, you know, some of the, the hot dog players who were the point getters, right? Yeah, like, you know, it was raw, and it was what it was, we made, we made no apologies for being that, right? Like, I remember, you know, had some, it uh, we had some stuff in some magazines there, you know, it was considered the toughest uh, league on earth, the bloodiest, and and fuck, why, why apologize for that? Like we packed those buildings. It gave guys to, you know, a chance to make a little extra money. Me to see a beautiful fucking city, Montreal, like I would never go to a place like that unless I was playing hockey. Right. And so, yeah, nothing but gratitude for that league for sure.
0: Right on, man. Yeah. I, I, love the league for what it is or what it was, I should say. I know people have a distaste mm-hmm. for it, but the whole reason I'd like to do this special is to, uh, You know, shed some light on it and show that you know it's it it was it was in a world of its own, and it was actually a really special thing, and people kind of don't realize it, but it was a special league for being what it was.
3: I couldn't agree more. You know, yeah, it's like you'll never see, we'll never see anything like that again, right? You know, so yeah, it's stuff of legend. You know, it's kind of neat to be a little bit a part of that too, It's a little bit a part of history and. Jeez, if you didn't make some great friends along the way, only, you know, like I never would have met Dean Mayrand. I, I wouldn't have been friends with uh, Marty. Uh, you know, all these great guys. Jesse Rosenthal was a great guy. You know, uh, yeah. I just, I, I really have a lot of gratitude. You know, uh, you know, met some uh, some real fucking beauties and uh, became lifelong friends. You know, Dean Mayrand stood up at my wedding for fuck's sake. He got
0: that's awesome dude uh, fuck <laughs> probably took a little bit of extra tailoring to fit that fucking tank on that, on his suit there cause he's a fucking animal
3: jeez <laughs> yeah I don't know what size he, you know it's weird too like you know, uh, you don't make the way they make tuxedos, right? Eh? You know, most men are not dope that way. So if you get the shoulders out wide, you get this big belly fucking flop. Of a, <laughs> like, it looked like a dress. He had, uh, had to tuck a bunch of fucking fabric in there. But, yeah, <laughs> uh, he's a big man. He still stays in shape, too. Man. He's still an animal. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah, for sure. Uh, well, man, one last question for you here. uh. You know, who would you put in your top five LNH fighters of all time?
3: Uh, Boss A, Terrio, uh, Morosity, Mayrand. Um, oh, fuck. Uh,
0: give me one oh, more. I need fuck. one more out of you. Give me,
3: give me five. Who the fuck? Oh, fuck. You'd have to see. You know, I got to see fucking Donald Brashear in there, right? You'd but throw he Brash in, in there. All
0: right. A fucking surprise throw yeah. in there.
3: Uh, let's, let's, let let's, let's Lambert in there. Yeah, throw Lambert, all right. Played, fuck yeah, he, he put Randy in the top five, from what I hear, from what I saw, fucking right.
0: Absolutely, man. Well, dude, thanks again for coming on, I really appreciate it. And I, you know, I can't thank you enough for, like, without you at all, you know, this, this show has been built up a little bit more than what it was when I first started, obviously, yeah um, <laughs> So, you know, I can't thank you enough for, get, I guess, giving me my break, as as they say, um, you know, coming on for my very first player guest and kind of getting helping me get my feet wet in the podcasting world. And, you know, I can't thank you enough coming on here to do the LNH special, of course. Um, so, again, I just wanted to extend my gratitude to you, man.
3: Oh, I, yeah, thanks for having me, Oli. Yeah, absolute pleasure. Uh, you know, like you say, you do, you're doing a first-class thing here. Uh, you know, it's a bit of an homage to the old tough guys. We really appreciate it. Uh, you know, I love the honesty. Uh, I love everyone's opinion. You know, and, uh, I, I definitely spend uh, you know more time than I should. Uh, you know, on the inter- interweb these days, uh, and that's uh, thanks to you. Uh, your uh, you're out, you're out there bud so listen i just want to you know all the best moving forward anytime uh, you ever want to do this again uh, get a group of us together i think it'd be a hell of an idea but uh, yeah god god bless buddy and uh, uh,
0: godspeed absolutely man will you have yourself a good night all right man All right, and here we are with the final player guest on the 5 for Fighting Podcast LNH special. He was a man who was known as Brad One Punch Lambert, racking up 487 penalty minutes in just two seasons with LNH. Brad, how are you doing today, man?
4: I'm not too bad by yourself.
0: Oh, I'm doing pretty good. We are hoping we can get some good stories out of you. We're going to try to end it with a bang here.
4: <laughs> I'll try to keep them radio friendly for sure.
0: <laughs> well, I don't, this isn't what you'd call really a radio-friendly podcast. So, as, as, as professionals, as we can keep it here. Um, yeah,
4: some of the guys might be pissed, so I'll keep your games.
0: Hey, it's all good. That's it's all yeah. in good fun. <laughs> um, well, I guess we'll start from the beginning, man. So, how'd you kind of end up in, to the uh, the crazy Quebec League? Oh,
4: so uh, I was playing. I played my junior hockey here in Alberta, um,
0: and then after my twenty-year-old season, I
4: signed with uh, Wichita uh in the central league headed down to wichita uh got in a little trouble at the border and uh couldn't, couldn't cross the border so <laughs> there's a guy uh anthony i can't remember his last name right now but he was contacting me through my last year of junior a bunch of times and um pretty much i was sitting at the border couldn't get my visa to cross and i, I called him up and and said so his office still there so i ended up driving right from the border there uh, right out to quebec and never look back i guess
0: <laughs> well so when you signed with the league did you did you kind of hear like this league might be a little bit different than your average hockey league or did did you kind of not hear it all and go in blindly and you get there and you're like kind of like what the fuck is going on
4: <laughs> a little bit of what the fuck is going on
0: <laughs> I, I had some idea uh
4: my my junior coach at the time kind of filled me in a little bit and i don't even think there was fucking internet back then so i didn't really look but uh you know heard stories and everything else so I, I kind of went there, uh, you know, as a twenty-year-old kid and uh, not knowing what to expect. And uh, even if I knew, it wouldn't be, it, you know, it, it wouldn't even be close to what was actually uh, I was about to going say, on over It'd
0: there. still be yeah. jaw-dropping going there. You know, you hear stories of it, but you got to see it to believe it.
4: <laughs> um, yeah, and I'm sure that the stories you've heard and you know the stories of other guys have heard just uh, that. You know, that's just the tip of the iceberg on so much shit that goes on in that league.
0: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Um, yeah, the way, uh, the way Darren over there at Fourth Line Voice described it is kind of like you heard rumblings about it on like old fight message boards that were back in like the early 2000s. And um, every once in a while a clip would surface and you'd just be like these like 30 second square offs in this fucking fight. And then the next face off, same exact thing. And there would be like three or four in a row and you're just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> well,
4: I'll tell you the story about my first couple games. One of my first games there we played against Laval. And I, I forget who I fought, but the guy asked me to fight. So I ended up fighting him, and I, and I pumped him pretty good. So I, I'm a 20-year-old kid at the time. I look like I'm fucking 40. Um, so I ended up, and, and, and back then, the, the owners would lip each other off on the radio and, and, and try to create a show. So I remember after that Laval game, um, that was in Sorel, Didn't think anything of it. And our owner at the time is Julian Remillard, and he was going back and forth with the guy from Laval. Um, on a radio show and, and it was all about kind of me and, and how I shouldn't have fought this guy and so on and so on. There's going to be retribution. So it was probably my, my third game in the league and it was in Laval. So you walk into the Laval arena and it's just a hundred year old piece of shit dungeon. Um, <laughs> so we're, we're getting ready and you know, we're, we're getting ready to go out. And like I said, this is probably my third game in the league. And we go out for warmups. And, and we knew something was coming. We didn't know exactly what. So everybody was kind of on edge. All of a sudden, in warmups, uh, Pat Cotier, uh, Ravi was there. Uh, who else was there? Shit. J- just a five or six guys line up at the red line during the warmups, take off their jerseys, take off their shoulder pads, they're covered in baby oil. Here we go. So we ended up fighting for about, I don't know, 10 minutes. Just a, just a huge a bench brawl in warm-ups. No refs out there nothing everybody's going at it. I remember a guy reaching over the boards from the uh, stands, grabbing my hair, and I'm getting fed. So that happens. It's probably a good 10-minute brawl before everything kind of settles down. Well, this is my third game in the league, so I, I head into the room afterwards, go start taking my skates off. Uh, Pete Pelche was our coach at that time, and he looks over me and goes, what are you doing? I said, well, fuck, I just fought for 10 minutes. Like, I'm done? And he goes, not in this league, kid. Put your shit back on. Said, what the fuck? <laughs> Put my gear back on, and and first face-off, Pat Coté lined up against uh, Jack Redlick. And I know Coté was, you know, everybody, Coté wanted to fight me because of what happened. Mayor Ann and some of the older guys kind of wouldn't let that happen. So, unfortunately, Redlick lined up against Coté, and, and Coté ends up jumping him, and, and i beating on Jack pretty good. Next thing I know, the bench is clear and it's another fucking 10 minute brawl. So, <laughs> <laughs> so probably my third, league in the, third game in the league. And, you know, two seconds into the game, we've had 20 minutes of brawls. And, and that's kind of, I was like, where the fuck am I?
0: Welcome to the LH Kata list today. Welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. About
4: Jack, too. His, his first, uh, Jack Redlake's first uh,
0: practice, Pete.
4: Pete Pelche called us all aside and said we're going to kind of fuck with this kid. Jack was my age. I played against him in junior, and it was a practice. And we all line up. Half the guys on one blue line, half the guys on the other blue line. And fucking Pete blows the whistle and goes, "All right, time to practice." Everybody sheds their gloves, skates across the ice, grabs a partner. Well, I got paired up with Redlick, and we're just supposed to be start. We're just supposed to be scaring them. Radek ends up grabbing me. Me and him actually started throwing punches. Whoa, whoa, whoa just, we're just fucking with you here. <laughs> Same thing with him. He's like, "Where the fuck am I?"
0: <laughs> oh man, that's great. Yeah, holy shit. Only in the LNH, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um. Well, fuck the team that you happen to go on. Of course, Sorrell, and we talked about this with Renard, but we'll uh we'll rehash it here. This team that you had, you had yourself, Morasti, Mayrand fucking <laughs> jason rushton i'm looking through the list here sorry and yeah. darcy johnson craig brunel and then of course you also had renard on there too uh,
4: yeah yeah a bunch of crazy fucks um that was the first time i say junior you uh, have you know it started to weed out my last couple years as junior with you know having fighters on teams but you know every team would have one maybe two and you come to this league, and you know our team, Laval at the time. Same thing. Everybody had five, six guys that could, you know, go with anybody any night. And it was almost good that when I came into that league, that I was on that team. Like I said, I was I was 20 years old when I went there, just a kid. And you know, you had guys like Mirand and and Renard and and Darcy and Brunel and all those boys that you know kind of took me under under their wing. And you know, I didn't have to fight. Uh, you know, the super heavyweights uh, just breaking into the leagues so uh, you know i'm thankful that i had those guys on my team you know all all absolute beauties and you know took care of me as a kid so
0: right yeah you could have uh, you could have ended up on fucking pro lab so at least (laughs) he had that going for you
3: (laughs) yeah yeah, i mean clark yeah
0: <laughs> um well before we start getting into your fights, I gotta ask, and of course, a lot of people want to know who I've talked to, because as soon as I said that uh, you were coming on, they were like, You have to ask him about it. Sure. That that crazy fucking fight stance you have, it's one of my favorites I've ever seen. And for those out there listening, if you've never watched any of Brad Lambert's fights, just go watch it. He's gonna have this crazy ass stance where you're be like, What the fuck is this guy doing? And he ends up beating the fucking doors off of guys. <laughs>
4: I kind of got that stance. I was probably 18. Like I said, I started playing junior when I was 16 and uh, I think my first year in junior, I had maybe 80 or 85 fights um, going against all the heavies. And, you know, I did well for my first couple of years, you know, I just almost had a natural talent, but it's probably when I was 18 years old, there's a guy in uh, Fort Mac that came out and my junior coach got him to come out and show me some tips. And, And I don't know what it was, but all he said was, you know, widen your feet when you're going into the stance and, Somehow that translated into my stance, and it, it, it just worked for me. Super unorthodox. I know and sometimes look like a dummy, but uh, it, it it worked. So, yeah. Uh, from 18 years old, 18 years on, I uh, you know I never changed it, and it worked. So I didn't really fuck around with it.
0: Yeah, if it's stupid and it works, it ain't stupid, right? <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, man you always had that your right hand would just be unloaded like four states away back there and you would just come in and fuck it of course the log square off but then you'd come in and it would just you had a lot of power behind it (laughs) we'll put it that way
4: i I always look for that first one i always look for that first one then i could usually take 10 or 15 kind of sit back and you know with that stance turning sideways having my arm all the way back there if anybody did try to come across my body that that was open there you know, I could just kind of turn my head, take a few shots, and then then swing away and cross my fingers, pretty much.
0: Right. Uh, well, another thing I wanted to ask before we get into the fights, I can't. You know, in the video, of course, I don't know what the hell they're saying. I don't speak French. Um, but were you a part of that that brawl against ProLab at all? <laughs> uh, no. Funny story on that
4: one. Well, I kind of was. I was in the I was in the uh, stands fighting on that one. <laughs> um,
0: You're in the stands, uh, fighting even better. <laughs> yeah,
4: I got I got suspended the game before. I think somebody ran Christian Sabroka at the end of the game and laid him out. We had a little brawl there, and I got suspended for a game. Um, so funny enough, the like the Remillards came in and you know I pretty much just threw some cash on the table and said we want a shit show next game. So <laughs> uh, we all, we all knew what to do there. Like the guys that started that game weren't uh, weren't there to pop a goal and get the momentum going. So uh, that ended up happening, and, and I forget exactly what happened, but I know I came down from the sad stand, was on the side of the bench fighting with some fans, and just kind of watching the whole melee, and uh, I, I still see videos of that pop up on my feed every once in a while, and yeah, yeah that, was, uh, that was a shit show that one.
0: Oh yeah, I love posting that video. I'll post it again on that in that enforcer group every once in a while just to ruffle some feathers because of course the hockey purists come out, oh this isn't fucking hockey and blah blah blah. <laughs> oh yeah, fuck off. It's the L H man. Don't take it that serious. Uh,
4: yeah. No, I could I could still see Renard coming flying across the ice, jumped in the bed. Oh yeah. And then Mayrand going, uh, what's that guy's name? Krugel or Krugel?
0: Yeah, the whatever the, the fuck it is. <laughs> He's just running. Yeah,
4: that was a shit show.
0: My favorite is. Well, Renard told the story as well when he go to the, he went to the bench and then he's uh he said Dean was the one playing fucking peacekeeper and was like Rennie that's enough. <laughs> like, yeah. When Mayrand is saying that's enough, like fuck, it's wow. it's an absolute gong show. He gets a little out of hand. Yeah, oh really? yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, fucking a. Let's get into some guys you fought here. Uh, right. Well, the first guy I want to ask you about another legend in that league. Uh, you know was he, apparently from what I've heard, he was kind of brought in like a Doug Glatt kind of style. He was a bouncer and ended up just kind of throwing him on skates and saying, here's a paycheck, go fight, uh, was old Jacques Dubé. What was it like fighting him? <laughs>
4: uh, Dubé was something else. You know, uh, you, you know, there's a lot of you know, fighters back then that, you know, don't have a hockey background, weren't great skaters and so on. And, and he was one of them. He, he was well aware of that. He, he knew exactly what his role was um i think the first time i fought him was in uh was in quebec at the pepsi center and you know i think maybe the first period had gone by and you know i kind of knew about him but you know i would never seen the guy in person whatsoever and second period starts and the fans just start chanting dube dube <laughs> comes out on the ice and you, you know kind of shaking at the knees and holding himself up with the stick and <laughs> Fuck man, that guy could fight though. But <laughs> I, I don't know where he got. There, there were some guys that would come in and it just wouldn't translate in the league. Right. Um. You, you know, even guys would come in 20 20 twenty-some years old and toughest guys in the dub or toughest guys in the O, and they'd come to the league and just get the shit kicked out of them. and it just translates different fighting men from from younger kids. So
0: right. Uh, yeah, it really was uh, crazy. I,
4: yeah, there was very few like Dubé who you, you know didn't have a hockey background, but were you know tough as fucking nails. Yeah, it was exactly yeah, like
0: uh, like Swanee. would you know he's he'll he'll say it too. He's like you know I wasn't I really wasn't there to play hockey. It's exa- It's like straight out of goo. And you're not here to play hockey. You're here to fight. And Swanee's yeah, exactly. like he's like hey, it's, I fucking did it.
4: <laughs> you know, hundred percent. Yeah, and they're all they're all great guys. Like the nice thing about our league is you know there was some idiots that you know were cheap and, and cheap shots and whatever else, but pretty much it's. We're all the same type of people. We're all the same guys. We're just on different teams. Uh, I can't right. tell you how many times. Uh, but Leon Delorme is one. I remember my parents were coming down, first time ever coming to watch me play. We're playing. Uh, I think that was in Laval as well. Well Leon did did Cole you warn me.
0: did you warn your parents at all? Like, hey, maybe this this is a my little bit different knew, from right,
4: Bantam. No, my, my parents knew I was a shit show from junior on. So okay. They, they they knew, but uh, anyway, Leon calls me before the game. He goes, listen, I'm fucking, I'm hungover from last night. Can we just fight twice and, you know, I'll buy you a beer. Fuck Leon. Like, my parents are coming. Like, I'd, I'd like to, you know, have them watch me play a shift or two. And he said, come on, man. I'll fuck all you want. Fuck whatever. Me and Leon end up fighting first shift, go in the penalty box. Five minutes later, come out, fight him again. End up in the stands having a beer together. Well, that was my parents' viewing experience of my pro career.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Making them proud. (laughs)
4: Yeah,
0: for sure, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, unfortunately, I I don't have your Sorrel fight card. I'm trying to sit here and fucking find it. But, of course, with Drop Your Gloves Gone now, uh, it's fucking next to impossible because Hockey Fights has just such limited shit on it. Um, But I know for a fact you fought him because it's part of the intro. Yeah. but you fought a uh, Jason Hamilton. I think it was actually on R- It was live on RDS or some shit, right?
4: I, I believe so. Yeah, that was back when uh, Brashear was playing. So, um, yeah, I only I fought Hamilton once, and I wasn't trying to fight Hamilton that shift. I was chasing Brashear around. Um, I kind of worked my way up. Like I said, when I when I first got in the league, I, I wanted to fight everyone and, and show my worth. And you know, it was guys like Meirand and Renard that were like, "Hey, kid." this is a little fucking different slow down work your way up so you know I, I remember my first fight was against Simon Risk and um you know fighting some of the number twos and, and lowers and uh, you know my first half of the season there you know I was kind of pumping everybody so um kind of started to step up in weight classes and I remember Bashir was you know that was in Surrell so he, he didn't fight much outside of Quebec or, or much anywhere in that league pretty much but um, that was built up like in that league, you knew a week before who you were fighting and when you were fighting, it was pretty much on the, on the fucking board outside of the arena, Lambert versus Brashear Saturday <laughs> Right. They boosted up like that. So, you know, everybody thought I was fighting Brashear that night and I, and I remember that I have that on my fight tape. Um, Brashear jumps over the boards and Pelche goes, go kid!" So I jumped the boards and I just beeline it for him and he's looking one way and i just laid him out so he stands up and you know i chase him i chase him around for a couple circles hack him in the back of the legs and he wouldn't go so that's when hamilton came flying over and i ended up going him
0: well there you go um <laughs> uh yeah it's brushier didn't really he, he fought a little bit but it seemed like you know he was kind of uh you know, just I guess conditioning, I guess for the uh, the lockout season there, so he didn't the, uh, he didn't really drop him that much that season. Um, uh,
4: yeah, and, and I don't blame the guy. I'm right. Not a
0: huge, I'm
4: not a huge Brashier fan with to begin with. I don't like some of the stuff he did or, or does. Um, but at that point too, it's you know when you say a guy like is in the league, people think, well, nobody's going to fight him. Well, that's not the case because every single guy there. Wants oh to fight. yeah, just
0: chomping at the fucking bits for that
4: oh 100 percent. it's a great story the rest of your life the guy's, the guy's a legend whether you like him or not uh,
0: he's one of the toughest guys to play so
4: i don't totally blame him for not fighting everyone and anyone at that point but you know i ended up uh you know as a 20 year old coming in and and uh you know excelling when i was there so when i when i did challenge him i, I kind of thought that i deserved that shot you, you know
0: right yeah exactly um. Well, another guy you happen to fight because I, I I happened to look at a couple of your um, Sorel fights before this because I I knew I wasn't going to be able to get the fight card up. But legend in the LNH and also uh, kind of a legend in the uh, the UFC world. But you happen to fight Steve Bosse. What was it like fighting the boss?
4: <laughs> I fought Boss a bunch of times. I, I actually played with Boss too. Just the nicest guy. Like, and you know, there's guys in the league that um i don't want to say there's cycle um you, you know like i had anxiety before fights and you knew you're fighting four times on the weekend and uh, you know i'm a mild-mannered person it's just that was my job that's what i had to do to stay in that league so you know for me i think you know anxiety and not so much as a fear as, as it was you know being a normal person it's like you know you're sitting in a bar you know you're going to fight you get a little anxious well, there's some guys in the league. Marasty was one. Bossier was one where it just just no fear. Um, not so much the the fights against Muraschi or against uh, Bossier that I remember, but I remember when I played with him. I got traded to Verdun and I played with him. And I, I can't. Who was it? Roger Maxwell? Maybe I fought. So I ended up fighting Maxwell. And I come down. and I sit sit on the bench, and Bossier sitting beside me. He goes, uh, "Hey, Brad, do you mind uh, next time if I fight him?" Fuck man, go ahead. The kid had no fear. He loved it. Um, like I said, I think my first year there I fought boss maybe six, seven times. You know, one would go one way, one would go the other.
0: Um Well you fought yeah, him at the kid. bell center, right? I
4: fought him at the bell center. Yeah, I remember that there's a there's a scout or somebody there watching me that game. He ended up you know, he pulls so hard and he swings so you know, he ended up catching me on that one and and kind of dropped me. Kind of, kind of probably the same similarity as the he at Bossier fight. Um, so he, he caught me on that one, and I was I was fucking pissed. And you know, obviously, I don't like getting caught or embarrassed or dropped. So I, I was pissed, and I was ready to go to the, the game after. And I got the better of him the the next game. But uh, yep. you know, we kind of went back and forth with that. So
0: yeah, it's funny. I was, I just watched the. Uh the second fight you had. And even though you beat him, you give him a little bit of a pat. And then of course you get up and then play it up to the crowd and everything like that. Um, was that, was that kind of a, like, did you enjoy that Was part of the, the LNH, I guess, or the, like the experience? Cause you know, after, after fights, a lot of guys would celebrate. And I know the purists out there hate that. Like, Oh, you shouldn't celebrate after a fight. Fuck that, man. You got a bunch of adrenaline going through. You just brawled in front of, I don't know what packed house of 6,500 people in Laval or some shit. Um, so did you kind of enjoy that part? Did you embrace that a bit?
4: I, I did. I, I, like I, Coming from junior, like I said, that wasn't super acceptable. Um, but another funny story about Mayran. Um I remember, was it my first game or just before my first game, I remember Mayran telling me, whatever you think that you shouldn't do in this league, you can do. <laughs> so I remember my first fight um, with Simon Risk. I believe that's his name. I dropped him with one shot and I thought another guy didn't really celebrate or anything. And then Mayland had said something again afterwards where he was like, live it up a little bit. Don't be afraid to celebrate. So my third fight of that game, I kind of, kind of went with that, but it was all for the show. I mean, uh, that's what people were there for. I mean, the hockey was great. Don't get me wrong, but uh, there was a reason there was 10 fights at the drop of the puck every game. Oh, that's, for sure. That's what, that's what people were there for and nobody was there to watch me snipe in goals so <laughs> right it, it
0: was all, all part of the show and
4: you know just sold tickets and, and and you know paid for us to to do what we wanted to do so
0: right and it's it's but like yeah. a it's in a world of its own like I, I laugh when people always compare like the, the, you'll talk about hockey fights and the'll post an LNH loop, that fucking stupid league. I'm like, hey, it's in a world of its own. Don't compare it to the NHL. Don't be stupid. <laughs>
4: no, totally, totally different, yeah. Uh,
0: right. Uh, well, you had happened to just bring him up, and I just scrolled past him here as well, but what was it like fighting uh, Roger Maxwell?
4: Maxwell is a beauty, too. Same thing. You know, he was one of the top guys in the league, and um, I think I fought think Roger maybe twice. Uh, and You know, both good fights, but fuck, what a big dude. He's yeah, he's big, fucking big. big he's a big man like i considered myself a big man you know i'm six to 40 pounds overweight now but uh, i wasn't big in that league by any means you know i was i was average size at best uh, and i got guys like maxwell and barha and mayrand uh you know those are all six foot five big big boys so you know maxwell was you know same thing he was a big big boy and you know but all, all the respect in the world to, to guys like Kim Bosse, all those guys just you know that's what's wrong with the nhl and stuff today where you know back in that league there, there was a lot of stupid stuff there was a lot of brawls there was a, but it was one of the safest places to play because you knew that if you did something stupid there were six other guys on the other side of the ice that were going to jump over the ports and beat the shit out of you right so fighting wise you know those guys were, were, you know, just a ton of respect both ways, you know, in that league because you you didn't really have a choice but to respect everybody. So.
0: <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, you would get tuned up pretty quick if you didn't. <laughs> um,
4: yeah, but, uh, you know, if I didn't get shot, that, like, I don't know how much longer I would have played there. You know, a couple years anyway. But I couldn't imagine right now being thirty six and, and still there chucking. Like, yeah, oh, like my hats off to guys like Terrio. Yeah, I was about to and say McCarthy Terrio just finished. Uh, yeah, good. Good on him. I, I like my body now. I, I have I have trouble walking down to the mailbox and getting back. Let alone going four <laughs>
0: times a year. Oh shit. Um. Well, did you ever? Did you ever have any run-ins with Terry at all? No, I actually never played against him. There, really? There were a couple
4: guys. I would. Yeah. You know, we were in the league at the same time, but he was either hurt all the time or suspended or I don't know what. Um. He was one. Varhof I never lined up against. Um kotier same thing ko only played that one game against him all, all the guys were in the league at the time just uh you know never actually crossed paths but
0: right yeah man that's crazy I would have thought for sure you would have fought Terry uh I guess it just works out that way and uh yeah. so coming back here another another guest uh or excuse me another guy I had on as a guest for the special and we just mentioned him uh you fought Curtis Swanson what was it like fighting old Swane
4: he was a beauty um yeah just just same thing like just he's from alberta
0: too isn't he uh i believe so yeah yeah
4: yeah yeah he's just a good old alberta boy he always had his cowboy hat on i remember that (laughs) um i I know the first year he came in he was a lot different than the second year the the first year i think he took some licks and uh, you know the kid never gave up and you know was always willing never scared and you know, the second year, he was a little bit better on his feet and got a little bit better, and he, he just progressed over the over the years. Like I said, I only played against him for two years, but followed the league for a couple of years after that. And, you know, Swanee wasn't the same kid as uh, when, when he first came into the league, but always reeling, ready to go. Um, was, wasn't cheap, was respectful. You know, same thing he'd do with sellies, and they're just like everybody else. And that, that wasn't a, a shun against somebody or disrespect. That was just kind of what we did when... You had all that adrenaline going, but you no, know, I fought Swanee Swanny a few times. Like I can't remember all of them, but uh, no, no, lots of respect for that kid too.
0: Right. Um, well, I gotta ask too, because you always hear it. I feel like you have to have, you know, Walk by Pantera and Dance with the Devil permanently ingrained in your fucking brain. After, yeah. <laughs> after that's all they'd play every single fucking fight in that league.
4: Hundred percent. Yeah, I forget what's even on my fight tape from that league, but it's all old school rock like
0: that. Oh yeah, that uh, the tape that Sor- well, Sorrell made that tape, and you're you're actually a feature on it. Like a fuck, there's like it's like a 15 minute straight feature of you just pumping guys. <laughs> oh man,
4: year. that that whole video like three hours long. Oh yeah, it's it is. It's fun. fucking
0: crazy. <laughs> When, uh, I
4: would
0: watch that again. It's been a while. Yeah, when four, oh, fuck, I might pop it in now. I got the the fiance is gone for the week, so I got I got nothing but time now. Um, <laughs> yeah, fucking fourth line voice. He sent me a bunch of uh, DVDs, and of course I've uh, I'm I'm only I'm 23, so the L&H is kind of like this this thing I only get to see videos of. I never got to watch it, I guess, growing up or hearing about it because you know back then it was so almost. Kind of taboo with how new the internet was and everything like that. So I'm always really yeah. like super, super big into the LNH, even though I've never seen it. And so that was one of the first ones I popped in. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I'm like, this is like, <laughs> this is like kind of like, I don't know, low budget professional quality tape for a fucking LNH team. And then sure as shit, there's Brad, Brad One Punch Lambert and the graphic comes up and shit. And there you are just beating the fucking doors off of guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: Like I said, that, that thing's like three hours long. It's crazy. And, and half the fights aren't even on there.
0: Oh, I'm sure they're yeah. not. That's what's crazy, man. Uh, that's why I was laugh at. Because I, I wonder. I feel like a lot of these fight cards are accurate, but some of them, especially in those early QSPHL days, I feel like it's not. Not all of them are quite on there. Um, well,
4: we wouldn't get we wouldn't get fighting majors for some of them. Like I remember, like I said, my first game. Uh, that was a, a one punch. My first fight, and I think they gave me two minutes in like for a roughing penalty on that. Cause it, <laughs> it was a two it was a two fight rule. But if it wasn't a good fight, they just give you two minutes. Like, when I, when I fought Brashear, same thing. I fought... Uh, how do I fought I fought him twice in the third period, but everybody kind of wanted to see me go Brashear, so one of the fights was a uh, one punch, and they gave me two minutes for roughing, and away you go. So there, there's probably, in that league, there's probably two, three hundred more fights that just aren't even recorded.
0: Right. Um, and something I, I noticed while I'm scrolling through here, it says, uh, like, because it'll note if there's other penalties on the play besides just the five-minute major, and... It'll say, like, oh, Lambert received an illegal equipment. Like, what is that all about?
4: <sighs> couldn't tell you. Really? Jersey comes off. I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't. Even, I always had my strap on and my jersey never really came off. But legal equipment, no, I couldn't really tell you. But I don't know. Sometimes, like I said, they just give you a penalty just so they didn't have to give you a fighting penalty.
0: <laughs> Maybe that's just, here's two minutes for illegal equipment even though you know you're stripped fucking chest naked down that brawling in the fucking game i guess i don't know
4: (laughs) yeah here's two minutes go fix your shit get back out here and fight
0: right you gotta earn your fucking molson after the game bud (laughs) (laughs) um well another guy i wanted to ask you about here uh who also he played fairly recently i believe i think up uh, maybe three years ago but uh and he was also involved in the battle of the hockey enforcers was Derek parker what was it like fighting him
4: Oh, Parker, yeah. Uh, actually, funny story is when I was going down to Wichita, we actually, I ended up picking up Parker uh, in Saskatchewan. He signed with Wichita at the same time. So uh, that was the first time meeting Parker. Um, he went down to Wichita, played a year there. Well, I played my first year in the North American Hockey League. Um, Parker was tough to fight. He, he, same thing, he'd spin. Um, he, he'd spin and he'd pull. It was really strong. Uh, a little bit of a nut bark, take a punch um i think the first time i fought him was in warm-ups and that was the one where he was like juggling pucks <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, we had a big a few brawls and warm-ups and i ended up fighting him he kind of jumped me and, um yeah he was in the middle of the ice nose was bleeding i think Rasty fought him after and you know he's sitting in the middle of the ice juggling pucks and that, that just kind of tells you what that league was like but right you no know, fought, fought fought parker a bunch of times like, he was a tough character and
0: yeah, so I'll I'll say about that right now. <laughs> well you brought up uh you brought up John Morasti. he's one of my favorites of all time. What was it like playing with Morasti? Uh,
4: Morasti was a beauty, absolute beauty. Um uh, I first met Johnny in Fort McMurray, junior A. And uh Johnny came from the dub somewhere. He came down and played a couple games with us in Fort Mac and ended up taking off. But my first memory of meeting Johnny uh, we're at practice, and like I said, he, he was new, as his first practice, and we were sitting on the bench beside each other, you know, waiting for him the next uh, the next drill or whatever, and Johnny looks over at me and goes, you're the fighter here? Yeah. I go, yeah. I'd beat the fuck out of you. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking he fades off and does the drill, and I think Johnny won a game that day, or that year, and he ended up going somewhere else, but um, funny enough, so uh, obviously a year or two later, Johnny was my uh, first roommate. It was me, uh, Murasty, then Darcy Johnson, and one other guy. There's anywhere between four and five guys in our little two-bedroom apartment. So, oh god, I lived, I lived with Johnny for a month or two. Um, The, the kid's an absolute warrior. I said he's one of those guys that wasn't afraid of anything and. Um, he just went, like, and what a showman! To, to me, Johnny is the—he's the, he, the best showman to, to ever drop his gloves. Like, oh, you know, he's for always sure! Smiling and laughing—you uh, know, those Bossier fights were amazing. Uh, you know, Johnny—you know, Bossier got the best of him for the first couple, and you know, Johnny just kept going back, and going back, and there was just no telling him that—you know—enough's enough. You know, Johnny was going to go and tell he, tell he won one. So, uh, same thing and <laughs> You know, let me do this one. I, I got this one for you. And Johnny's, no, fuck you. I'm doing this. And <laughs> the, the, the kid's an absolute warrior and, and just a joy to watch. Like, I still see his fights pop up all the time, and I, I just love watching him.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah, he's got to be easily one of the most entertaining fighters of all time. Like, just that wide-open style. And I love that he comes out and says – um said on the Fourth Line Voice podcast that, you know, if he just maybe switched his style up a little bit, he probably could have edged out bosse But he didn't want to. He just wanted to go out there and just put on a show and fucking stay wide open and just – God, that, that
4: was just Johnny. That, that was Johnny. Exactly. That was, bossy, that was... They, they just They just wanted the show. It, it wasn't about – grappling up and win one it was you know stand back have a laugh and chuck i, I remember it was, maybe johnny was one of his first fights in Sorel, and it wasn't his boss yet I forget who it was against but it was teddy bear toss night so usually the first goal gets scored and they toss the teddy bears on well johnny has just a fucking two minute marathon with some guy as he's standing back johnny does the old you know as he does a big smile and he starts waving the crowd on and all of a sudden all these teddy bears come flying on oh the my god There's- there's Johnny just starting to shock all these teddy bears are flying on.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Only in the yeah. LNH. Teddy bear toss, and yeah. goal scored in no fucking way. You only with the fights. Yeah. That's when the teddy bears come out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. That's that fantastic. Video, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I wish it I've was, seen, man. Holy shit.
4: I haven't seen it, but I remember that clear as day, Johnny just smiling and all these teddy bears coming down.
0: Well, did they well, did they keep fighting while the fucking teddy bears were going? Oh,
4: yeah. Yeah. Johnny,
0: <laughs> It's, Johnny didn't stop.
4: Those kids' fights were four minutes long every time. So.
0: Oh, God, it's, in, it's insane. And it's just like it's, yeah. it's, it's one thing to be kind of like a marathon when there's grappling, but his fights weren't grappling. They were just fucking stand back and throw, and You could just go, and it would be a, like, oh, we'll, we'll take a break for like 10 seconds and then keep going again. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah.
4: Uh, and those guys were the scariest to fight. Like uh, him, uh, Trichette was another one. You know, smaller guys. You know, as as a fighter, it's not you know you're you're scared to get punched in the face. You're scared to break nose. That shit happens all the time. You're almost scared to lose a fight, and and especially one that you really shouldn't. You you know, like Muraschi is a guy that if you lose a fight, and then you know that now that that's okay. Johnny's tough as fuck. Right. But uh, you're going against a smaller guy. You know, Johnny's five-foot-fucking-two on skates, if that. Sorry, Johnny. <laughs> you know, you're fighting a smaller guy like that or, or for and, you know, you're supposed to win those fights. Well, those guys are the type of guys that you can beat on them for fucking two minutes straight, and they're going to come right back, and they're right there, and they're three-minute fights, and it's just... You know, there's a difference between some of the bigger boys going, and you know, it's a 20 second, you know, throw some bombs and we're done. Where those guys, you know, you could throw bombs at them for for talking three minutes, and then they'll finally catch their energy in a way they go for three more. So, you know, fight fight little guys, not little guys. You know, Johnny's not a little guy, but uh, you know, those guys that would just stand back and go for hours were where the guys you're a little more nervous to fight.
0: Right? Yeah. it's oh, God, it's just it's an in- all of his fights, the ones he had with Yablonski, and then, of course, you know, Bosse, and then a couple other ones. He had a couple marathons there with Dube. It was just, just fucking insane. He was like, he was almost like he was tailor made for the LH because he just loves to put on a show, too, and you know, with the smiling. And he was still doing that shit in the AHL. He didn't give a fuck. It was great.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there, there's no other showman, in my opinion, like Johnny. So.
0: Um, well, man, I'll just ask you about a couple more guys here, and I'll get you on your way. Um, but I, I have to ask, of course, the you know previous guest. and He's an absolute fucking beauty. Uh, he was the first player guest I had on. But you know, you got any good, uh, good old stories about Jason Renard? <laughs>
4: on or off the ice, I'll keep it
0: on. <laughs> we'll do on the ice. <laughs> we'll do it on the
4: ice. <laughs> oh man there's so
0: many um shooting fish in a barrel at this point
4: (laughs) yeah yeah you know what rennie was one of of my best friends there um you know him and marion kind of took me over the wing and showed me the ropes and you know renard's the type of guy when he's on your team you you know he'll give you whatever you need you know hearts on his sleeve type of guy um but on the ice, there's a reason why they call him Retarded Um <laughs> <laughs> The very, first time I,
0: the first time I heard that name, I about pissed myself laughing. And then I brought it up to him, and it was the very first player guest I did, and I was like nervous as shit because I'm like I'm about to ask him why the fuck I'm, why why he got Retarded and I don't know if he's gonna be like pissed or what. And we both about fucking pissed ourselves just laughing about him telling the story. And I, oh man, it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> oh, it,
4: it, it, like, absolute warrior, absolute beauty, and
0: you know when he'd snap on the ice there was no no holding
4: any back you know you no. just kind of watched him watch them go but as far as the specific story i, I couldn't tell I, I got flashbacks in my head he, his jersey was always off and um no shirt on and, and no elbow pads no shoulder pads just ripping around <laughs> uh, well yeah, it was a do
0: absolutely fuck yeah man i mean, Renard man, he's just he, nothing. I got nothing but good things to say about him. I love him. He's he's such an open book too. He don't give a shit. Like he'll tell you he took fucking steroids, and he says that in the interview too. He don't give a shit. Um, oh, does he?
4: Oh, oh. I'll tell you a story then. If, if he if he brought that up, I'll tell you. A oh
0: fuck!
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, here we go. Lay it on me. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he brought it up, so I, I, that's not on me. But I think that's maybe one of the first times he was doing it. Like I said, that that was pretty prevalent. That
0: that was oh yeah uh, the it, was, it dude, wasn't just protein you know. and uh, no. fucking lean chicken going no. around there
4: uh, the, the fucking owners would buy it for you. you'd be sitting in your <laughs> stall oh yeah so ready came in and um he was doing it and i think at the time he had, a, he had a big toothache you know and one of his teeth really hurting and at the same time he was working for a, a granite countertop company so his job was to sand the, the granite countertops so he started doing a cycle and um he had his tooth was a sore tooth so he could only chew on one side of his mouth and at the same time he'd use his right hand to sand down the granite countertops well fucking two weeks into this cycle fucking Rennie's one side of his cheek where he could only chew on his cheek muscle was just coming out of his skin and his right hand was just the most jacked right hand you've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't give him shit for that but he brought it up
0: oh man yeah. that's
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh no! He looked like a you looked like a fucking chipmunk. It was hilarious. Oh, the poor so you guy! Could leave, oh. You could only chew on the one side. It was hilarious. Fucking,
0: he probably looks like a chronic masturbator with his right hand being all fucking <laughs> jacked up to the bitch. It was jacked, yeah. yeah. It was huge. Oh, poor yeah. Renny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, hopefully, well, ready listening to this, and you know you're fucking beauty out there, Renny. <laughs> That's great. Uh, um... Well, man, another guy got to ask you about a course, and he was on the fourth line voice, so if you want to go listen to his episode, go check him out on my boy Darren's podcast. But, uh, you know, winner of the Hockey Enforcers in the Black and Blue Tournament, Dean the Machine Mayran. What was it like playing with old uh, Dino?
4: Dean was a beauty, too. Just the nicest guy in the world. Just just a sweetheart. Like I said, uh, one of the toughest guys I've known. Just a big, big dude, but just a, just a fucking sweetheart when it comes down to it. Uh, give you the shirt off his back. So no, him and Randy really, you know, Brunel in there too, Darcy, those boys really took me under their wing as a, you know, as a young kid in that league and showed me the ropes and, you know, showed me a few other things too. So, so like <laughs> said, I, I, I know both of them are kind of living close
0: I, You know, just opened up a gym or something. Yeah. You opened up and... a uh, boxing gym out there and I think Saskatchewan, I think. Uh, yeah, I,
4: think it's, I think it's Lloyd, like halfway on the
0: border. And I know
4: Renny's in Calgary here, too. I'm in Calgary, too, now. so.
0: Yeah, I know you guys got a freeze yep. going on up there. I was, I was having problems getting Renard on because he'd be like, fuck, dude, we got this freeze going on and it's fucking all my work up. <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, Dino is uh, a beauty. Like I said, uh, tough as fucking nails. And yeah, stories out my ass about that kid, too. But no, I, I love both those guys. Like I said, they took me out of their wing when I was there and, you know, kind of showed me the ropes, so. Grateful but, for that. Grateful to have teammates like that, for sure. So.
0: Absolutely. Well, man, I just got, like, fucking two more guys to ask you about here, and uh, I think that'll pretty much fucking wrap it up. So uh, the first one I want to ask you about, another guy who was big in the l but was uh, Sebastian Sear. What was it like fighting him?
4: I played with him, too. Fuck, Sear hit like a champ. Um, I fought Sear, fuck, six, seven, eight times my first year. Um, I remember he shattered my nose one night. Um. Yeah, and shattered my nose. I remember sitting in the, the toilet your hospital just leaking all over the place, um, waiting for a doctor, and I just had a huge pool of blood fucking sitting in the, the emergency <laughs> room, and then I played fucking left. But no, I fought Searsy a, a few times, and then uh, I actually played with him in toilet Rivera as well. Um, funny story about him, like I said, we, we always had battles back and forth, and then I ended up getting traded there. And I remember the first practice. Like, I didn't really talk to him. You're a super quiet guy, kind of kept to himself. And he comes out and practice, and he's got a fucking Lambert jersey on, just ripping around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That kid was a warrior, too. Like I said, just he was quiet and, um, you know, kind of kept to himself and, and, and reserved, tough as fucking nails, you know, not scared of anything. And, um, he passed away or something. I like heard too, didn't
0: he? Yeah, from from my understanding, I think it was something um, something that had to do with his head. I'm not sure I don't know whether it was like a tumor or something like that. But um, yeah, I did hear that. I think from uh, Gary Deck out there on Facebook. I'll have to double check with him. Um, but yeah, it's unfortunate. I do believe he did pass away. Uh, sadly, so that's, yeah, that's
4: uh, sad. Yeah, yeah. No, like I said, super <clears throat> nice guy. And, and that was a common theme in that league. Like I said. When, when we went on the ice it was you know you you took your time card and you punched in and it was go to work and you know you'd get kicked out of the game and you'd punch out and you know a lot of good guys there a lot of respectful guys and you know we all partied together and um yeah uh, you know you'd go in the stands after fighting each other twice and you drink a beer and you know it was just it was a job and you know you get traded to different teams and you know that you'd be friends after the game, but during the game, you're there to make a living. You're there to do something, and that's that's what you did. So, right, like a lot of fun memories. A lot of fun memories, of a lot of guys in that league. A bunch of beauties over there. So,
0: well, you know, you're talking about going into the stands there. What what, what were the fans like in that league? Were they was it just insane? Like nothing you've ever seen?
4: It was fucking. It, it was something. No, oh, I remember getting cups of piss thrown at me. <laughs> uh, Guys in the penalty box grabbing me, trying to fight me in the penalty box. Uh, pff, some of the signs they made—all good. I don't want to say good fun when I got threw a cup of piss at you, but um, a, a lot of them were fun. Um, you, you know, you'd have certain guys in each rank that you'd go to that you'd always kind of get into it with, and um, it, super. The, the, all those fans loved it. Like you were—you were a superhero when you were there, and you know, as much as we're just there, fucking chucking mitts and, and drinking beers pretty much you know people were people looked up to you in the community and you know you got to kind of take that with a grain of salt but um no the, the fans there were great and I, I still have i go on my facebook now i still have lots of people all the time messaging me and, and reaching out and asking how i'm doing and you know podcasts like this and um you, you know the fans were great i mean uh, we wouldn't be there without them so um yeah, I could could tell you a hundred stories so of fans in the stands <laughs> half the time, you know, we'd we'd have two, three fights and then uh we'd stop and we'd watch the uh fights in the fans. You know, the fans uh fight in the stands.
0: Right. <laughs> and
4: we'd we take a twenty second break and the lines wouldn't be sitting there and as soon as the fight was over you drop the puck and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
0: it was
4: uh it, it it was something, that's for sure.
0: So, overall, man, knowing what you know now and being having been through the league and everything you know if if you had to do it all again, would you go back to the i h uh, I'd do it
4: again yeah i uh yeah i I came out of that, and I see a lot of guys coming out of that too, like i obviously, like I got up getting shot when I was out there, and um you know you leave that league, and you know there's a lot of guys that stick around there you know for 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 longer than they should. Cause maybe that's, that's all they know, but uh, I was lucky enough to get shot and, you know, I kind of got the fuck out of there. <laughs> well, <if> real <we're> lucky. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, yeah. That's how you take it. But, uh, no, I wouldn't change the world. You know, that's a huge part of who I am. I, I love telling the stories here and there. Um, yeah, I, I went there, I did it and, you know, I wouldn't change it. Maybe there was a few things along the way that I changed, but, uh, no, I, I I do it again. I, I just <laughs> it was a fucking <laughs> shit show from start to finish. But what a fucking ride! But it was, was but
0: it was your shit show. That's the important part. A hundred percent.
4: That's what we, that's what we talked about earlier. You know, you, you try to show, share stories with some people, and you, you know, you'll give them the the mediocre stories, and they don't believe those. And, and it's like you you try to tell somebody, you know, some of the. More in depth, crazy stories, and nobody believes it. Like uh, we lived lives there that were, you know, rock star lives. That, uh, yeah, yeah, I look back to this day and still shake my head. I'm like, what the fuck was I doing? But <laughs> no, I, I would, I wouldn't change it for the world.
0: Right on, man. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was hoping to get out of this special. Kind of shed some light on the league because I think it's, it's misunderstood in the in the in the part that it's you know, it's just this big dummy league or the fights were stupid and blah blah blah. But Oh, well, fuck, man. It was uh it was a world of its own and it was it's, it was a one-time thing. Nothing th- that won't ever come back if we're being honest here with the way hockey's gone. It's it's not coming no. back. So, I think it's important to kind of get some stories out from the league and of course, uh you know, I can't can't thank you enough for coming on, although you might have the uh, the train horn still engraved in your brain. <laughs> That's what, I love that about the fucking league, too. I love it. It's it's so it's super annoying, but I fucking love the train horn. That's why I have it going off like 40 <laughs> times in the intro. <laughs> oh shit well man i you know again i can't thank you enough i really appreciate you coming on and you know taking the time to share some stories about the boys in the league and everything like that
4: no no worries i'm sure i'll get a few messages here in the inbox once it's once it's out
0: (laughs) i'm sure he'll fucking love it that
4: was a fucking tame one so if Rennie's gonna come back at me with anything.
0: That was a fucking. Game oh, I I can almost <laughs> guarantee that was a fucking tame one from everything I've heard yeah, about Rennie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, you have yourself a great night. What a way to wrap up this fucking special. I appreciate it, man. Pick up your no words and
1: fight,
3: fight, and dance with the devil.